episode. This is uh, I'm digging it, bro. And what is your name again, sir? Sir, my name is Brian. Sir. My name's Grayson. You know. And, and so I'm, I guess. I yeah. guess we're gonna talk about. Uh, you want to do underrated movies today, right? Yeah, underrated, underrated. Let's go. Some of the best okay. movies that you've seen, I've seen, some people have seen, and some people have never seen are underrated. So, well, we can also talk about shows too. Okay, all right. Shows a little bit too, because okay. there's a couple. I think. I think most of the time, people kind of more so miss the movies because shows go so long. There's not yeah. too many underrated ones. I feel right. like there's more underrated movies. But uh, start us off. Tell me what you want to talk about. Okay, so. For starters, I'm going to go into my first film, and he's actually one of my favorite actors as The Gift with Jason Bateman. You know, it's a... Wait, I've seen this. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. With... Uh, I always recommend this movie if someone wants like a mystery, like suspense thriller, <laughs> and they're kind of like unfamiliar with like, you know... <laughs> that sort of like category movie, I always say it's, it's a good movie. And you know, it's one of those movies where <laughs> it keeps you on your toes and you have this pit in your stomach the entire time you're watching it. Cause you're like, what's next? You know, like what, what's going to happen? Uh, I just remember that the ending of that movie being really messed up. The ending is so foul, bro. <laughs> the ending is so foul. That is like one thing that you can consistently talk to about anyone who's seen that movie. And they're like the ending, like, do you remember the ending? Have you seen the ending? The ending? I remember like, yeah, jaw just dropped open i'm like what the fuck is this like what and then the movie just goes <sighs> just that's it and you're like i need to process this like what you know process this entire movie i i just remember like i knew joel Egerton was good and i forget mm -hmm. the girl's name but she's in a lot of stuff she's excellent mm -hmm. um but i remember thinking to myself like jason bateman's such a good asshole yeah 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 and the crazy part yeah. is joel Egerton wrote the screenplay for this film yeah didn't you direct it too i'm not sure if he directed it but i do know he wrote the screenplay and i do know like it's just always cool to watch jason bateman because i feel like jason bateman is such a talented actor to where he's able to do drama extremely well and then he's able to do comedy really well like we saw him in couples retreat you know <sighs> sometimes in arrested development so i think he's just super talented and almost everything that he puts out i watch and as we go later yeah. on in the shows a show that he stars in is one of my favorite shows i've watched of all time i just i love it but that's um we'll get into that later but uh yeah the gift it's a really good movie. Um, a lot of unsettling moments. It's tense. I feel like it's very well paced. It kind of shows you how kind of our past behaviors and past decisions and consequences can sometimes shape our future and how things always come back around. I think that's a classic case of things always come back around when you watch that movie. You you really need to watch Old Boy because that's that's uh okay that's like the that that is I'm not gonna say a lot. I don't like to spoil anything about Old Boy, mm -hmm. other than saying it is it is the movie that made me be like South Korean cinema is fucking ridiculous. Really? Um, yeah. So if you okay. like that, I uh, yeah. Well, were you gonna say for shows? Were you gonna talk about Arrested Development with Jason Bateman? No, is I was actually gonna, gonna talk do? about Ozark. Ozark. See, I haven't seen Ozark. You've never which seen is Ozark. Probably crazy. I've seen some of it. I haven't watched all of it. I know it's like he directs a lot of it in accent he's amazing in it it's just like i never got around to it you should watch it i mean and now the good thing about it is the show's finished so the show ended 
last year. Season four ended last year, and uh, what's it called? The last episode was April 29, twenty two. So you can just God completely damn. binge the show, you know, from start to. I'm finish. just saying, you remember that date exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it and the crazy cool thing is when you watch Ozark, I thought it was just me, and I'm like the fit like. When you watch it, like there's a blue hue throughout the entire show. So you're wondering, like, is it just me? But no, they film it in like a whole. You know how some movies will have like an overall the matrix like, of green. Yeah, exactly. So it's blue. And I mean, anytime you have a show or like a movie where it's always like, and this is something that we'll have to talk about in another topic uh, for an episode is like uh, drug cartels. But even you have me with like a cartel in it. I'm fully engaged. I'm listening. I'm active. I'm like, oh no, who are people about to piss off? Whose head is getting decapitated? Like, I'm all the way in it. So Ozark is, Ozark is such a good show. Um, honestly, we could talk about it a little bit later, but um, I want to get into one of yours. Okay. No, I mean, uh, I, at my rule of certain shows is like because of uh, especially from anime, it like catching up with the manga not getting finished. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of shows that I enjoy getting canceled. Sometimes I will not watch a show till it's fully done. Really? Um, yeah. Unless I know like they're gonna continue it. Like, you know, Game of Thrones, they're, they were going to finish it mm -hmm. even if it ended up being what everyone wanted. But, exactly. um, yeah, it's kind of hard, especially with Netflix. Cause they'll have, they had a great, so like off the top of my head, if you want to talk about underrated shows, um, uh, and I didn't even write this on a list, but I just remembered it. But uh, Glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh well, it's because they canceled it after like two <laughs> seasons. But but I mean, if you want to talk about a show that's like super underrated, because I remember as a kid they had the female wrestling organization. They had Glow, mm -hmm. and it was competing with like WWE, you know, WWF back then, and out all these stereotypes and everything and they really lean into it and it's a female centric show that's like all girl powered based but it's it's not like uh we always talk about like well i i always notice like a certain way that they start making shows or they start um some people write women i guess mm -hmm. which i i kind of hated i hate captain marvel that's the thing i hated captain marvel and I love Glow, and I, I love everyone in it. And basically, it's like, other than um, that comedian, uh, Mark something, Mark Marin, mm -hmm. who who is like the guy who hosts everything. Like, it's all female-led, and it's amazing. I think it was the people who like worked on Orange is the New Black worked on it. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? That's not on my list, but but that brought it up just because we were talking about it. Because okay. like I love gorgeous ladies of wrestling if you've never seen it uh at least watch the first season it's good but after it got canceled i kind of just stopped season two i was like i'm, I'm not going to continue this i was okay. like i'm I'm gonna be the fucking heartbroken because <laughs> they won't wrap everything up like it sucks yeah. it sucks that is like um, terrible when you like really love a show and it gets canceled and like one for me was um which a lot of people have not heard about is stalker with um dylan mcdermott and maggie q do you remember that show no yeah nobody ever remember but it had about like 20 episodes um it came out in like 2014 and i'm not really a big fan of like those like abc like um like kind of what you see now with like the rookie the lincoln lawyer tv show um kind of like those like crime ncis shows and like law and order the equalizer where like there's one detective and she's like going on a slew in pursuit of like 
uncovering all these like criminal threats so it's like that but this one's all stalker based and i thought that's so cool because that's an element that we don't really see before we like see before in movies right or like tv shows like we always got like um child predators right like there's always these themes that we always see or like you know we always see like um like an abusive like an some an animal abuser right like it's, it's all these different things but stalker so cool because throughout that whole first season the first and only season it, it's like a team of detectives investigate stalkers in um, L.A. So it's just mm -hmm. stalkers at the beach. And it's like, you know, this boss, like, CEO lady. And, you know, she's getting stalk stalked by um, some guy in her, her, her command. So it's just so cool to see it. And I really love this show. But I probably was the only one that loved that show because the show was only one season. Mm -hmm. But I watched all 20 episodes of that season. There, there is, uh, you know, it's really crazy. Like, I don't know if you heard about this stuff with, like, The Good Doctor the good people doctor? were like, yeah, I think yeah. it was that it was like it was like this doctor with like autism or something. Mm -hmm. and it's just this like ridiculous show that people are memeing about making fun of. And it's crazy how stuff like that ends up becoming a thing that continues to get green light. And then you have really interesting shows that just for some reason, they just give up on them. Yeah. And it's really weird because like they'll push. I'm going back to it because I think it's an important thing to talk about. It's like mm -hmm. there is everyone talks about representation, but like mm -hmm. I like women led stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about Barbie. I like it, but sometimes they'll force it in a way that I don't know, like it's shit, but people love it. But then you have something like glow that I'm just like, this is the best show ever, you know, yeah. and um, and no one cares for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Me neither. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I do think there is an oversaturation of doctor shows. And I mean, mm -hmm. I guess like, you know, we see all the time, like, like Hollywood and stuff, like if one thing sticks, then they oversaturate it. Kind of like with talk shows in the early 2000s, you know, you know, all these talk shows. Yeah. And, and then they just saturate the market. So with these doctor shows, I'm always like, why are there so many freaking you know, doctor shows, but it's people are watching them because I knew Grey's Anatomy. Well, Grey's Anatomy was a big one. And then now you got like New Amsterdam, um, Chicago PD, the, the Chicago Med, the, the Resident. Like there's so many, you know what I mean? Yeah, there maybe it, maybe it wasn't the good doctor. See, like this is what's going to happen is we're going to do this podcast and I'm going to sound like an idiot through the whole <laughs> part of it. <laughs> but I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, no, there was someone that was mentioning. I think it was like a Bill Burr stand up. Mm -hmm. and he was talking about. So you have like Glow, which is gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. It's all about these women who get empowered through becoming these superstars in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And and um, and then you have like that doesn't go. But all these real housewife shows where women tear each other down is the fucking thing. Yeah. And and like, I know that's probably cheaper to make, too. Mm -hmm. But like, that's what the people love is that sort of drama. And because and, like the way Glow works, basically, I'm going to spoil like a little bit of it, like the first half is basically two people that were friends who um, are trying to like get into acting and everything. Uh, she ends up hating her, her friend because uh, she ends up sleeping with her husband. Oh. And so they're, they're at odds and everything and they hate each other. And they, you know, they're going through divorce, all this crazy stuff's happening. So they end up showing up for this audition and it's to play a wrestler character. And they thought they didn't know it was going to be like this real show. And so one of them has to be the star and the other one has to be the heel. So they're both enemies and enemies that used to be friends in real life and in the ring. And they have to end up learning how to work together. And it's, it's really good. 
because it's like all positive. Like it ends up and there's like really deep stuff. And it goes about like I remember those they had the episode where one of them, uh, one of the main characters likes has to get an abortion oh, and the damn. way that they 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 cover it and do it and show the emotional toll on it. Because, you know, someone who, who doesn't have female reproductive organs. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, oh man, I was like, that is kind of fucked up. Like this is like, because it's a very emotional thing and they just keep it very surgical. But for her, it's all fucked up. And for them, it's just like, oh, you know, okay, you know, go, go back home. You're fine now. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, bro, what the fuck? Um, Jeez. So, so uh, sorry, let's get back on topic. No, well, no, I'm I mean, sorry. That's good. That definitely <laughs> sounds like, damn, it sounds messy. You know what I mean? But it, it does sound like a, a good it's, show. It's I, it's an awesome show, um, and I, I hated it, and I love, and they kind of tackle kind of everything mm-hmm. where they were in the show because like everyone's a stereotype. So you have Russia. I like the one woman. She's this big uh, black woman, and she's a welfare queen. And like her husband's oh. like, what the fuck? Like this is terrible. And she's oh. like, she's like, no, they love it. And then what? like the evil grannies come out, and they're wearing KKK caps and stuff, oh, and 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 they have like. They, maybe, they cover maybe maybe we were maybe we weren't ready for that at that time like you know like yeah. i was but like maybe we weren't there yet maybe it was a little bit too well, provocative when did this show come out uh this show let's see um i think the last season oh it was three seasons maybe i just watched the first two it was 2019 was the last Uh-oh. episode. But see, Glow was in the 80s. So what they're doing is they're doing this thing in the 80s, but they're like putting a modern lens on it, I guess. Oh. They even have a character that's basically a furry uh, mm. that constantly, like, she plays like Wolf Girl or something, but even our character, character, she is that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's part of the group. So it's just, it's basically, you take a bunch of misfits, except they're all women in wrestling, and they got to learn how to work together, and they have all these adventures, and they're trying to make it, and then they start trying to compete on the same stage as men. And it's it's great. It's an uh, underdog story, and it's okay. good. All right, so well, I'm going to shut up now. I'll have to that wasn't even my list, and you just it. made me think about it. Hmm? Okay. So do you want to okay. um, go ahead and give us underrated flick <laughs> suggestion? <laughs> okay. Flick suggestion. Uh, if I think of underrated movies, I think of Michael Mann's Manhunter. Michael Mann's Manhunter is a, uh, is a movie I constantly think of. Uh, people might not know, but like uh, me and you met through like acting Mm-hmm. like an acting class and everything. Um, but I got into, I've always been into like movies and themes and actors, mm-hmm. but whenever I think of performances, I think of Tom Noonan and Michael Mann's Manhunter. Uh, so before Sansa Lambs, Michael Mann adapted Red Dragon into a movie and that is Manhunter. And there's a lot of good actors in it. Um, also, um, what's his name from, um, uh, Brian Cox, you know the actor Brian Cox. He's in. He's in that new HBO show Succession. He plays the father. I'm not. I'm probably the only person that still hasn't watched Succession. I heard it's brilliant. You ever, you ever seen? You ever seen? X, you've seen X Men too, right? Yes. Okay, the guy who was like going after Wolverine, Brian. That's Brian Cox. Oh, okay. All right. He, he's in like Troy. He's in everything. So he plays Hannibal Lecter in that movie too, and it's a good performance. Oh, wow. But. Um, yeah, Michael Mann, who's kind of the shit, heats the shit. He did this movie called Manhunter, 
And uh, I think Tom Noonan, his take on the character is better than um, uh, the take they did in the show Hannibal. It's better than Ray Fiennes did it when they did Red Dragon with Edward Norton. I think uh, I think that movie is underrated. I think it's a different twist and ending from the book. And I think um, I the the problem with any Sons of Lambs type stuff is is none of the villains ever outshine Hannibal Lecter. And mm-hmm. I think Tom Noonan in Manhunter is just utterly terrifying and would even stand up against Anthony Hopkins. So I think that movie's super underrated. I think it's awesome. Anthony Hopkins is in it? No, he played... Uh-huh. Um, he, he So so Anthony Hopkins was not the per- first person to play Hannibal Lecter. It was Brian Cox. Oh, really? I think, I think Brian Cox even said that they were both doing a stage thing once and he was hoping to get the role again for Silence of the Lambs and Anthony was like, I just got it. He was like, man, fuck wow. you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Damn, I... <laughs> I'm, this is new news to me. What? Yeah. Okay. Michael Mann's Manhunter. It was the it was adapting the book before Sansa Lambs, where uh, Will Graham was the uh, main character, and the guy who plays Will Graham is good too. But if you have you seen Red Dragon with Edward Norton? No, I have not. Okay, like there's a lot of it's watch Michael Mann's Manhunter. It's underrated. I'll add that to my watch list right now. Yeah. And right, Red you Dragon. go ahead. Okay, sweet. Oh man. Oh, and Ralph Fiennes is in it too. What? Mary Louise Parker. Jeez. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Frank F- yeah. Frankie Faison. Damn, dude. There's an all-star cast in this. <laughs> but but you should watch also Manhunter maybe first, and you'll get you get two different takes on the same story. Okay. It's really cool. All right. Yeah, I've never heard of um. Manhunter. Okay, this is a new one. Okay, this is this is this is an old. This is definitely an old an old school movie. All right, cool. It's it's super old, but um, hopefully they didn't hear my typing. I do have a keyboard. I need to be careful. Uh-oh. Um, but Tom Noonan, he was in like RoboCop too. He's been in a lot of different stuff, but like, God, it, Tom Noonan is a very good actor, but Manhunter. It's just this very subtle performance where everyone else has to build him up to be terrifying. Because mm-hmm. they'll, it's like a scene where he's like, you know, I'll staple your eyes to your forehead. Look at me. And the <laughs> way Tom Noonan says it, where he's like, I'm going to have to staple your eyes to your forehead. It's just like a matter of fact, like, I'm just going to have to do this if you don't listen to me. And it's just this slight tone change. I don't know. He's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Okay. Wow. All right. Now I'm definitely intrigued. All right, man. My watch list just keeps every time I talk to you, it just is more for me. Me too. Me too. Go. You go, though. You need to go. Okay. You need uh, to go, man. It's definitely not going to compare to, you know, this phenomenal op- um, option you selected, but uh, I'm going to go ahead for number two and going to put The Lie by Joey King. Um, she's. I don't know if you've seen that this this movie. It's on Prime. It's, it's a pretty quick flick. Nothing too crazy, but she's from um, Bullet Train, The Act on Hulu, and The Conjuring in 2013. You know, very good, underrated actress. Um, it's a slow burn. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a slow burn. Um, you don't. You think you have it figured out, but then towards the end, you realize that you're all wrong. Um, <laughs> I think the moral of the story is it shows you better why it's always better to tell the truth. Um, I'll go ahead and read you the plot real quick because I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically about no a father and daughter on the way to their dan- on the on their way to dance camp when they spot the girl's best friend on the side of the road. 
when they stop to offer their friend a ride, their good intentions soon result in terrible consequences. So basically, yeah, this, this, this girl and her dad are picking up their friend on the way to dance camp. And basically like, I think they stop to, don't call me, but I'm pretty sure they stop to like use the bathroom or something. And like when they come back, the, like the friend is just dead. So like, it's almost like, Oh, Hey dad, we're ready to go. And he's like, where's your friend? And it's almost like, Oh, what friend? Or it's like, Oh, she's dead or some shit happens. But throughout the whole movie, the movie's only an hour and 33 minutes. So it's a very short film. And I want to mm -hmm. preface by saying this is not a serious like Oscar award winning nominated movie. Cause I feel like sometimes when you like, sometimes when we describe movies, people are like, what is the Rotten Tomato score? Like it is none of that. Like it is just a cool one hour, you know, 30 minute film, very short film. And it's, um, no, I'm, I'm looking at it. It doesn't have a, doesn't have a high up? rotten tomato. doesn't have a high rotten tomato score on it. Oh, then yeah, bro. Just forget it. Just forget what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's all it's all your opinion. I mm -hmm. I've looked at some movies that um I try to watch most that have a high score, but mm -hmm. if you if you want I can actually transition from this cuz if you want to talk about a movie that has very low score that I think is brilliant, uh I'll give you one. I mean, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. I'm one of those people where I don't really go by Rotten Tomatoes, I think every now and then if a movie has a lot of hype, right? Like when Prisoners with uh -huh. um, Hugh Jackman, like that definitely because that was has had a lot of hype surrounding it. So I did check out the Rotten Tomatoes, but some movies you don't really I like one of my friends, he only goes by Rotten Tomatoes and I'm like, you know how many good underrated indie films you're missing, low budget films that you're missing just because you're going by Rotten Tomatoes and I'm like you know, yeah. you're just you're boxing yourself into something. So not every movie has to be completely like an Oscar award winning performance or has to be extremely serious and has a lot of depth. Sometimes it's really cool to unplug your brain, especially in these times we're living nowadays, bro. Like where sometimes I really just want to unplug my brain and like not think too much about it and just take it for what it is. But with that being well, said, go yeah. ahead and segue into uh, that <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> All right, so this is a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, I consider it one of the best uh, adaptations ever made. Um, it is 2008's Speed Racer. Oh, with Emile Hirsch? Yes. 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 Because you cannot like it, but mm -hmm. damn if they didn't nail it. Yeah. Like, like, you could be like, I really don't care for this, but it's not it's not poorly made. Mm -mm. It's actually insanely well done. Great performances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Susan Rand, John Goodman, uh, two the two directors that do it, the Wachowskis, amazing. Um, the the special effects, the sound, the cinematography. You know, it's goofy and campy and also badass. Also, um, I forget his name who plays Racer X. Matthew Fox from Lost is the mm -hmm. shit in that movie. <laughs> um, like there, and Emil Hirsch is a really good actor too. Oh, bro, a great actor, bro. Like <laughs> a great, you know, literally. He doesn't. He doesn't get enough love. He doesn't get any credit, bro. Like honestly, since I was a kid, watching him in these movies, I'm like, damn, this dude is a great dramatic ass actor. I mean, <laughs> just for a second, I just want to talk about him. Him playing Chris McCandless in End of the Wild. Great movie. I, I have not seen that. I need to, but man, like, okay, let me tell how you. about this? I'm yeah, going to do you one yeah. better. The one where he, um, he like fucked me up in, I want to say, was he in Alpha Dog? You've seen Alpha Dog, right? 
maybe with um, I, I might Justin not. Timberlake and Bruce Willis. No, I don't think I have. Oh man! Oh shit, bro! I, you know what we need to do is just I need to just watch some Emil Hirsch films, but but anything he's in, he's uh he's always good. Yeah, he makes movies that you're never gonna want to watch again. Besides the girl next door <laughs> and Speed Racer, he makes movies you're never gonna want to watch again because all his dramatic ass movies, bro, and a lot of them are biographies. So Into the Wild and Alpha Dog are both biographies, and well, it's sad. We'll have to talk about these two movies, but it he, is. Sad. He did. He did a fucking because I remember he did a Lone Survivor. He did do Lone Survivor too. Another sad yeah, yeah, biographical yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, he does these sad biographies <laughs> that you'd never want to watch again. Uh, we 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 stand Emil Hirsch yeah, on this podcast. Hirsch. We love Emil Hirsch, bro. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great actor. Yeah, they never give him his flowers. We it's almost like we forget he's there. I don't. But see that that honestly is the mark of a good actor. Yeah. Uh, it's it's when you're you're essential to the success of the movie in that scene. But mm-hmm. yet the the cat uh, people don't recognize you in real life because if you saw Mil people would see Emil Hirsch on the street they don't know who the fuck he was no they don't know who he is and he's headlined like a ton of big budget movies yeah and then if he's like I'm a I'm a Mil Hirsch people are gonna be like who's who? that you know what I'm saying <laughs> like you gotta yeah, show yeah. the movies he's been in and you're gonna be like oh shit bro you're a great actor so, yeah. yeah he was in uh that movie I heard about Savages too he's been he's been in everything. Okay, so I think as of right now, I mean, this might be like, um, maybe we could say this for another time. But I mean, if we're gonna be going into savages, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a drug cartel movie, like just episode, bro. And we're having, gonna have to get into some things. Okay, I need uh, I'll need to watch more, but I've seen Sicario and everything. Oh, but, Sicar- you, Sicario's you, great. Sicario's you go great. next though. This is underrated movies. People know that okay, movie's good. Okay. Um next we're gonna go with you and I have both seen, I believe, yes. Rock Caller. Yes. Um and I another bad Rotten Tomatoes rated movie. Exactly. Again, bro, Rot- Rotten Tomatoes will really have you you um you t- twisted in the game, man, sometimes. But I don't know how to pronounce this guy's first name. So um uh, I think he's Jamie Lannister. Huh? Yeah, Jamie Lannister. Um I know his name. I just know how to pronounce it. It's like Nicola. I'm not going to sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, like, you're right. You're okay. right. Walter Casto. Mm. I hate that because from someone with a very like tricky, constantly mispronounced <laughs> last name, I hate doing it to others. But uh, you are what you hate. Yeah, exactly. But um, we're just going to say Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Um. Great movie, honestly, probably one of the best prison films I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, very unpredictable, very sad, very heavy. Um, a very like raw film, and I think the ending is really one of those endings where sometimes films, spoiler alert, don't always have a happy ending, but they do have a realistic and practical ending. So, yeah, the... it was a really good movie. I wish there was a second installment of the movie because we got like a part two. That this movie, because I do want to speak on this, because this is one that is definitely on mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I went, it was one of those things where the reviews for the movie weren't great, but I looked at the cast and I'm just like, I'm like, bro, we got Jeffrey Donovan and John Bernthal in this. Yeah, exactly. I was like, 
I was like, I also John Bernthal's turn of uh of all of a sudden being a a, a bitch, a little bitch in that film <laughs> is one of the best switches in acting I've ever seen because yeah. John Bernthal just kills it. But <clears throat> that whole movie, it the whole thing about that movie. Also, if you want to talk about things, all basically men, they're just like, yeah, we're not going to deal with any women at all. This mm-hmm. is this is fully about incarceration <laughs> and men, which I appreciate. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't we're not going to put a love story really in it. It'll be a little bit, but fuck it. Yeah. Like this. It's more stuff. It's just about uh, the system and how it can corrupt a person who's good. And uh, and also it's a very simple story, but because of the characters and the acting, it's phenomenal. Like I just want to watch what's going to happen next. And I don't, I don't need it to have some big twist. I was just like loving seeing what was going to happen next and how the characters were going to interact and handle something. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those films where, yeah, like you say, like it didn't need any twist or anything. It's one of those movies that I really did not expect to like going into it. And I did not anticipate watching that film. I don't even know how I got around to it. I think I was just bored, saw it on Netflix one day and was like, shit, I, I, I have time to kill. Like, why not? And I put it on. And then when like the, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, shit, let me stand up, sit up, man. This is, this is getting deep. This is getting good. This is interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Really good. Um, um, yeah. I mean, and then it definitely makes you think decisions and choices you would make, you know, if you were in the predicament that that main character is in, right? When you're watching this, the movie stuff unfold. I mean, that's how, how when I watch movies like that, I'm like, shit, what would I do? And sometimes I stop and pause. That's why I got to watch movies by myself. Cause if I'm with people, they'll get annoyed. And I'm like, shit, like I'm thinking really deeply, like, would I do that? No. Cause this is, this is going to translate to this. If I do this and the outcome of this, it's going to happen if I do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so analytical. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, is uh, which is so great about films like this, you don't, in, rea- in life, you don't have the chance to pause. Exactly. And so you're just going to go immediately with what will work in the short term. And yeah. that has long-term consequences, and that's yeah. what that movie's about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <sighs> that, totally movie's, that movie's nuts. I know I'm getting the shivers just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you should go, go ahead and segue next, bro. All right. We're going to do uh, the two themes I keep bringing up, which is anime and girls. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about something I was really looking forward to. I never read all the manga. I thought about it, but I definitely watched some of the anime back in the day, but uh, battle angel Alita or in the U S Alita battle angel is really good. It's a really good film. Have you seen it? I've not. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, basically, uh, a long time. You ever? Do you remember that show, Dark Angel, with Jessica Alba? No. So, Dark Angel was made back in the day. James Cameron produced it. James Cameron owned the rights to. Um, to battle angel he bought it but he didn't think the tech was good enough so that's what he did avatar for oh. now what happened is is because he was busy doing the avatar sequels he had robert rodriguez direct the movie and it kind of flopped it didn't get great reviews but actually if you really watch it it's really good and now it's come out that basically um james cameron will probably uh if if they green light it, it only if James Cameron will direct the sequel. And I think he's decided to. Okay. Because, but, uh, to sum up kind of what it is, it's in the future. And 
Uh, it's about this uh, doctor who, you know, repairs uh, people that are like people in the future are like half cyborg and everything. Mm -hmm. And he stumbles upon a body of this girl and she doesn't have memories. And it looks like she was thrown up from upper. So like the the upper class live in the sky, basically, and everyone below gets the trash. They live in like this trap she she uh, um. area <laughs> and um, she starts realizing that uh, she was originally a weapon and meant to go take down this guy who runs this, who, um, minor spoiler, uh, the actor who played him at the very end, it's revealed it was going to be Edward Norton. So the sequel is going to be Edward Norton is the main bad. And you mm -hmm. have Rose uh, Salazar, who is in this amazing um, show on Amazon that's underrated that I'll just uh, shout out real quick if I if I have it on here. Where the hell is it called? I think it's called Undone on Prime. It's where she acts and they um, animate over her. It's rotoscoped. Okay. And it, if you've never if you've never heard of Undone, it's really good. It is her and Bob Odenkirk. Okay. And it's phenomenal. But uh, Battle Angel Alita uh, starred Jennifer Connelly, Jackie Earl Haley, Mahars Mahershala Ali, Christoph Waltz, her. It, it, Robert Rodriguez was directing it. James Cameron was involved in producing it. Um, I don't know. It's a great adaptation. I don't know why it didn't do better, but now because yeah. I guess video sales and time, they're going to make a sequel. There are some so. heavy hitters. I mean, you know, we got, you know, <laughs> it's good. Some real heavy hitters on there. You know, Jennifer Connelly, you know, the dude, um, Ali, I can't pronounce his first name, but you know, he was in true detective, <laughs> um, green book. I think he's rumored to be playing in the, um, the new installment of Blade. He's a phenomenal actor. Oh, and Moonlight too, Wait. right? So, yeah. yeah, Moonlight's actually on my list of uh, overrated films. Yeah, we're gonna bit. have to get into that. But when you were talking about um, it, and you were saying how they live, like you know, in a wealthy, like you said, they live where you said up on the on the on the top. Everyone, everyone here is basically down below, and the way they live is off. Like the they go and scavenge the trash out and everything. Um, so they're basically like literally kind of like, uh, if you ever read, uh, which I would recommend, I think HG Wells is a genius. I read a lot of his stuff in high school. Uh, I read the time machine and the, uh, what is this? Like the Morlocks and the Eloi, I think they're called, but they're the upper class and they live up and the lower class of the people live in the caves. That's where they come out at night and they're kind of, uh, accustomed to building things and giving it to them but also it's an allegory for them eating the rich because they literally feed on them too and seen as like evil it's a it's a big thing about classism that whole book it's anyway. it's kind of giving me elysium vibes like have you ever seen elysium with matt damon and Jody yeah Foster? matt yeah yeah yeah. well is, see uh, here's what you gotta remember bow and jolita came out like in the 80s like yeah. it's been around a long time yeah so if anything, Elysium probably took, you know, some um, kind of took some influence from that. But it's yeah. just that's like the first thing I could think of, because that's another movie where I expected it to be way better. Because remember, I don't know if you remember, but they the wealthy lived on like the space station. Right. And then Matt Damon, the rest of them lived on Jerry like, Foster or whatever. Yeah. They lived like in a yeah. like, like trashy, like ruined earth. So then he ended up going up there, blowing up all the shit trying to bring balance to both worlds but um the movie was more so style over substance it just looked really cool but uh yeah i'll have to check that out because it's it's yeah the vibes kind of sound similar so i have to check that out all righty well going into the next one i have um 
Burn After Reading. Have you seen Burn After Reading? <laughs> yes, I have. With uh, thank goodness, with uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, um, Tilda Swinton. You know what I'm saying? From the Chronicles of Narnia. Who else we got on there? We got a uh, J.K. Simmons, John Malkovich. Really cool movie, honestly. A lot of people are unfamiliar with this film, specifically like people who are very into like the mainstream and Brad Pitt. So like people who are Brad Pitt fans, um, Brad Pitt like fans probably have seen this film. But like people who Brad like, Pitt fan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, people who aren't really like familiar with it have never heard of it. And I think it's a really cool film. It's like a black comedy. You know what I'm saying? So it's very satirical. It's very so like I'm I'm gonna get you sucker like that that kind of black comedy. Um, I wouldn't say it's like <laughs> that, but uh, it's it's um, it's dark like, comedy. Yeah, it's a okay, it's okay, dark, okay. Dark comedy. You know, there's there's two different. You know what I'm saying? Like there's black comedies, <laughs> and then there's like the actual category of black comedy. You feel me? So there's there's, there's differences that we'll have to get into, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, the movie's cool. You know, it, it's dark. It's satirical. It's, you know, it's extra. It has, like, a real unique sense of humor. Um, and it's, like, so serious that it's unserious. The dialogue is great. And I think it's probably one of my favorite Brad Pitt performances because it's just he provides the comedic relief and undertones <laughs> for this film. So Till it stops being like funny it. because huh? of something. Until it stops being funny because yeah. of something. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. I know I, I I like that film. It's probably on my underrated list. Whenever it's on, I put it on just for shits and giggles, and usually make some food. Sometimes it's like pancakes. Sometimes it's you know ramen. It just depends. But I just put it on, and you know I don't take it serious. Just how the movie's intended to be. So that's mm-hmm. um, on my list. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Your turn. Uh, any um, thoughts on that movie, or if you want to elaborate, provide some context, or you can go and segue no, into I, one of you, one of yours. I think you may, nailed it. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna talk about a movie that um is kind of you could still say is bad, but I actually really enjoyed it. I watched it recently. So this is a movie that came out a long time ago called End Time. That is not a bad movie, bro. But Amanda Saver <laughs> so, in No. No. Because. Oh. No, it's a great movie. But what I'm saying is, is like, I love uh, that director did Gattaca, which I love. But uh, right. End Time came out and people panned it. And I was like, read the synopsis and was like, this is stupid. And I remember my dad watching it. I watched I sat and my, watched it with him at the time because he was like, oh, that movie was pretty good. And, um, uh, so like during COVID, it was like 2020, I finally was like, I thought of my father and thought of that thing. And I saw it somewhere and was like, like on prime. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I watched to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And because that time has passed <laughs> coincidentally, yeah, that movie is way more relevant than it has even any right to be. And by the way, I think I, I talked to you about this and, and were you, when did you watch this movie then? I think I saw in time, so don't quote me, but I believe in time came out in 2011. I would have been 11, but I think I saw when I was. Oh, like so you already saw it, okay? Yeah, so I, I saw it when I was like 13 or 14. Yeah, so so this movie is basically so much about classism. It's about technology. It's kind of about uh, even um, 
cryptocurrency in a way. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on in that where basically he just because everyone says time is money, and mm-hmm. so basically it's sort of Which like it a, so Gattaca, Gattaca is a movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But Gattaca is a movie where someone mentions uh, where it's done in a way mm-hmm. where it'll work in uh, any time period. Yeah, because you never see them. You never see them use phones mm-hmm. or smartphones or anything. But they have advanced tech. Like it's it's a movie. But they also dress kind of. I, I don't know. Like you could show that movie. To, I feel like to any any um a decade, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't feel out of place. Like yeah. you you would just be like, oh, this is really weird. And so when you watch in time now, and I even think back then, it it has that same thing. And basically, what he does is I realized is he takes concepts and and trims them down to the bare minimum mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, what is everything all about? It's really about what you can do with your time. And that's what the whole movie's about. Also great acting from everyone, beautiful mm-hmm. set design and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting uh, concepts. There's a few cool scenes in it. Also uh, Killian Murphy as the guy who hunts people and collects time. Um, so yeah, that movie's kind of awesome. And it's terrible that it has good reviews and people don't really like it. And I'm actually like, this movie's kind of brilliant. I love the movie, bro. But see, I got faith in JT. I mean, I, I like and <laughs> respect JT as a as a singer and as an actor. And honestly, a lot of movies he puts out, I, I watch. So maybe it was, you know, 14-year-old me at the time. People were trash. I said, I thought the movie was fire. To this day, I still say it's fire. But it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people... I know recently who have watched the film has started to really appreciate the film. You know what I mean? And like you said, time is funny and the concept of time, you know what I mean? In that world. And even in the real world now, you know, time is, you know, a lot of time, you time, you can't get back and, you know, time heals all. So I think, you know, just the concept of time was just very, very like, um, well thought out, well thought out of. Well, the, the craziest thing is, is having all these people that are, um, like like his mom is like not older than like twenty something. Like everyone yeah. is like peak, yeah. You know, twenty or thirty. Like the dude's like five hundred years old, and he's like thirty something looking. Mm-hmm. And and uh, my favorite thing about it is it kind of I kind of feel like it's like a uh, life itself is this that thing about okay once you turn twenty one you then need to you know time's no longer free you need to accrue time and i feel like that's how it is in life where as soon as you become an adult it's like all right go fuck yourself you know good luck <laughs> you haven't stored anything up you've been living rent free but now you can't catch up mm-hmm. and um but that movie is uh is really good but yeah, i'm looking at on rotten tomatoes and yeah 37% audience 51% and i'm just like people don't know what they're talking about i yeah. probably would have not liked this movie when it first came out i now think it is kind of brilliant i don't think it's better than gattaca but yeah. it's a good movie see it made me appreciate my youth watching it i mean after that movie i started applying <laughs> spf you know putting retinol on you know making sure i might double cleanse every now and then you know cuz <laughs> I, I need the rejuvenation, so I rock within time, bro. I, I think it's such a cool, stylish movie. I like it a lot. Yeah. So yeah, well, you you yeah you continue. Then I'm glad we were in agreement. That movie is yeah, the shit. Bro, yeah. we've, been, we've been we've been in agreement lately. I'm I'm, I'm rocking with it. Um. So <laughs> next, I put on Street Kings, classic corrupt <laughs> cop thriller. We got Keanu Reeves. We got Forrest Whitaker. We got Common. We got Captain America, Chris Evans, um, and we got Cedric the Entertainer. Like, you know you're getting a classic, 
good ass grimy ass film when you're you have all these um these like a list you know actors. So I don't know if you've seen it. I think you've seen it, right? No, you've never no. seen it. Okay, so I'm adding it to immediately because of who's in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, here's here's the best. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's about an undercover cop disillusioned by the death of his wife is implicated in the murder of an officer and must struggle to clear himself so it's really how they basically you know frame this dude and the entire movie you have to uncover the entire like it uncovers it so there's constant like twists and turns they're surprising so it's very i know it sounds kind of complex but it's actually very simple very entertaining um there's a big surprise in the um the end uh it has some really cool visuals there's a great use of every character because all the um all the characters I just mentioned, well, the cast that I just mentioned, each of the characters they play brings something different. And they each have like an element of surprise or, you know, corruption that they bring to the overall movie um, as the plot uncovers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's just a really cool film. You know, it really doesn't shy away from kind of like we see like prejudice, discrimination in like the the cop world. You know what I mean? And the, and the thin blue line and stuff like that. So it's a really added cool it to movie. my list. Yeah, I think um should check it out. Yeah. You know, it's very entertaining. Not too long. I want to say it's two hours and a minute. Uh, but yeah, I always recommend it. It's a very undercover, um, underrated cop film. You know, we got a lot of like cop films with right. Well, yeah, well, it's it's David Ayer, like mm-hmm. training day, end of watch. Hey, oh, and sorry, I just randomly saw this. This is kind of underrated movie, uh, with Will Smith and Joel Egerton, Bright. Bright, yeah. A lot of people didn't like Bright, bro, when it came out. Do you remember that? It was people I did. Shitting on that I movie. liked it. I liked it too. People yeah. were shitting on that movie. <laughs> I'm like, if anything, you need to shit on Bird Box, not Bright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you go to Rotten Tomatoes, though, 26 for the tomato meter, audience score 83. I felt like my thing with Bright is I wish it went farther, but see, I felt like they were going to make it a trilogy. Like this mm-hmm. was all the setup. Mm-hmm. And then it ended. Because um, Bright had really good special effects. You had David Ayer. Mm-hmm. You had um, Max Landis wrote it. Mm-hmm. Well, Max Landis also had a problem with uh, like the Me Too thing. Mm. So that's probably what killed Ooh. it. Okay. Um, from what I understand, you know, don't quote me. But yeah, oh yeah, Numi uh, Ripus. Uh, yeah, from Prometheus. Uh, she's she's good. Yeah. It was Joel Edgerton, Will Smith, but I I liked it where it's like let's do a a buddy cop thing. Remember also they had like an orc on Joe Rogan in that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do really remember good. That. Uh, yeah. That like fa- fairies are like yeah. messing up your house and you have to go out and murder them. Like they're termites. Yeah. I do remember that. I thought that was such a cool movie again, bro. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, sometimes, you know, we were all looking at different things from different perspectives and watching things and sometimes we're watching things differently, but I just, I didn't think the movie deserved that much hate that it got. So I think it's because people are want it to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, um, I don't feel like the execution of that was perfect, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was nothing else like it. Like I've mm-hmm. never seen anything like that. Yeah. I thought the storyline was definitely original. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like that where we got like, you know, fairies and monsters who are, you know, and cops and fighting evil creatures. You know what I mean? I, I haven't seen anything like that before, you know, so I thought it wasn't yeah. bad. Could have been way better. And honestly, it could have been 
it could have really been a series. You know what I mean? It could have been developed into a series. That would have been cool. I th- I think they were going to try for like three movies for it because by okay. the end of the the first movie, you know, they're basically like partners now and have respect. It's also like the undertone of racism. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like ba- basically, it's like you also got to wonder like if that offends some people or they're just like, oh, it means you know that uh, like you just put a uh, black person in for like an orc or something. But like, I thought it was good. I mm. liked it because I was like, okay. I mean, that's the fun thing about like fantasy and science fiction is you can, you can take on these um, things in real life that you yeah. see as an issue without hopefully like making anyone mad, but exploring it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know, like it's, it's tricky because I feel like so many people now realize like, oh, this is an allegory for this. And that kind of pisses me off. And it's like, <laughs> but like, what doesn't piss people off? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially yeah, when, yeah. It's but, so but, hard to cater to every single thing. You know what I mean? And have good intentions because someone is always getting offended, even at the slightest thing. But, but, and that's what I worry about a bit, but like, I think it is good to be offended and sometimes it's, it's better off for you because like I always think of um The Departed mm. and the end of that movie made me so fucking furious and I was like how ah, people think this movie is great fuck this movie and all this stuff and then a couple years later once I wind down I went back and I was like I watched it three times in a week oh shit because because I thought it was like the best thing ever and I got mm-hmm. something new every time and yeah. I remember being like okay Scorsese you mm. know better than me yeah. I get it this is <laughs> this is the way to end it this was brilliant it comes mm. full circle every time I watch it yeah that's a really good movie, bro. That's honestly one of the best movies I've ever seen, and I know that is one I'm of the best movies I've like, ever seen. You know, bro, like you know, kiss ass and brown nose and whatever, whatnot. But it, it's a, it's a really great film and all star cast. You know, I really like that movie. Scorsese can say whatever he wants. Whenever people get mad at him for saying something, I'm like, he's Scorsese. Yeah, like it'd be like. It'd be like someone being like, I disagree about this with basketball, Michael Jordan. It's like, let him say whatever he wants. He's right. Michael Jordan. Right. Because you're going to still watch that game <laughs> and you're still going yeah. to you're still going to pay attention to whatever Scorsese movie is out. And you're still going to watch it. People are like I'm not going to you're still going to watch it. Scorsese. Yeah. Speaking of made, Scorsese next week, Killers of the Flower, um, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm excited. Yeah. Also. Just rant, not even on my list of underrated, but I'll just throw it out there. Uh, underrated, the one time Scorsese, because he always made fucked up movies and he decided he wanted to make a movie that like his grandkids could watch uh, when he directed Hugo. What? Nothing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if don't I like ever, it? I don't really know if I ever like gave Hugo the respect and love that it deserved. I'm going to be honest with you because I remember when I watched mm-hmm. that and I was a kid, I'm like, this goofy-ass stupid movie. You know what I'm saying? But probably I think I've gotten older, yeah. I'm probably like, I need to watch it. I need to rewatch it. I think it's, it is a very well-made film, uh, but like, it's a thing where it's the one time Scorsese was like, I'm going to make a movie that kids would be able to watch and it's good. Okay. Okay. But Scorsese mainly wants to do what he wants to do. And people give him shit because they're always like, oh, you make all these mob movies and everything. But like he makes stuff that isn't mob movies, too. Mm-hmm. 
It's like you you have you have Cape Fear, or I always think about um, phenomenal. What is that movie called? Uh, De Niro does Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just name a ton of different movies. It does, and then and then he decides to end it. And supposedly kills us. Flower Moon is uh, amazing, mm-hmm. and like um, you, you uh, this uh, I don't know her name. The female lead in this movie, everyone's raving about her and everything. Oh, in and, no, and um, in this new movie, she plays uh, Leo's wife. Um, oh, I don't know who she is either. In Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, she's someone who's new, but everyone's raving about it. But the thing I like about Scorsese is he just makes whatever he wants to make and you can either yeah. watch it or not, but you can't say it's not good. Like, like how many people make the same thing? Like they just keep making mob movies, but every time you're like, this is even, this is amazing. Right. And you know, and maybe that's the thing with Hugo is that I didn't appreciate cause I think looking into it hugo's probably a great film i think for me i like the scorsese where he does do that because he's never failed that. and each and every time it's been you know phenomenal it's it's been brilliant you know he's done you know shutter the, island you know the aviator you know the departed you so, know I mean? so so here's the thing it drives me nuts because you're bringing that up so like wolf of wall street that's not mob that's an amazing comedy mm-hmm, silence is. i've never seen uh mm-hmm. saw king of comedy but when you're talking about movies um, people gave so much. I already knew this, the twist of Shutter Island. Cause I was like spoiled by it. Oh, people were saying, did that, you should have punched them in the face. Eh. People were saying Shutter Island sucked and people were saying the aviator wasn't good. And what? for some reason, after watching the departed, I just started watching Scorsese. I watched those, loved them. Yeah. It, the aviator, him playing Howard Hughes and, um, what is Kate, Kate Blanchett and that mate mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then Shutter Island, I, I actually liked it knowing what the twist was. I got way more out of it. Yeah. That's one way it, it was a thing. Go yeah. I, I I don't know. People just talk all this shit about, think, like, he yeah. just does mob movies. And it's I like, no, he's amazing. Hate, you know what I'm saying? I really do think people love to hate. And I think a lot of times with, you know, this, the film industry, it's like when there's a director or an actor who's just known for phenomenally and seamlessly executing a certain topic or niche and they just do it super duper well sooner or later and it get garners so much attention and acclaim people just love to hop on it and just for the sake of just striking you know polarity or you know striking controversy someone's like i hate it or it's lame or it sucks and they develop like a group of people who do that you know what i'm saying because people who hate on scorsese like it's one thing if you just he's not your favorite director you don't like his style of films but it's like you yeah. can't not deny, you know, how talented he is and how great his movies are. Because then you just sound crazy. You know what I mean? It's, it could be a great movie. It might not be a movie for you, but it doesn't make it not a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's like, so they had a Rage and Bull, and I, I love anime stuff. And there's that scene in Rage and Bull where whenever they box, it like, there's a time freeze. Mm-hmm. And then they don't even see the audience and they're in their own fucking world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, I'm taking your like, word for it because I've never seen Rage. But you haven't seen Rage and Bull? Mm-mm. Oh shit! So like, okay, did you see Creed three? Yes. Okay, so you know that part of the fight where the audience doesn't even exist. Yeah, that's some Rage and bullshit, and, oh, and like, okay. it, and that's like the anime stuff where there's like <laughs> still frames and free, and they freeze. And they just like dim the lights and you just see their silhouettes oh. and then the impact happens. And so I'm watching Creed 3 being like, oh, yeah, 
Like he he looked at some rage and bull for this because that's like it's a surreal thing. Really? Oh wow! Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna mute real quick and I'm gonna look something up. But you 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 tell me some other Scorsese stuff. Sorry, sorry, folks. No, you're good. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think he he's definitely a great. I think he's one of the best directors you know to ever do it um he's done such amazing work every movie that he does release i do like watch you know what i mean i'm really excited for this new movie that's premiering on apple tv excited to be using my mom's mm-hmm. apple tv to watch it and i'm so happy to be watching it at home and not theaters because i think you and i've already mentioned where movies sort of start surpassing like that two and a half hour mark where i start to sort of like tap out and zone out so with this movie being three hours and 26 minutes i'm excited to just kind of get like my sour patches you know, like, you know, my water, my Gatorade, get my, like, cozy and really just stop, start, take a shit. You know what I mean? Like, might pee a little bit, might scroll on TikTok for a couple minutes and then, you know, resume, might take a little 30 minute nap. I got a whole process on how I like to do things, you know what I'm saying? Especially movies that long. So with this, yeah. this is going to be a whole day dedicated to Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm so excited for I- us to have this, you know, representation and to see more, you know, Native American stories, you know, because we don't see them a lot, you know, a little bit with Yellowstone, and that's not just a small subset, and then a, some of it with uh, Wind River with Jeremy Renner, which is a phenomenal movie. I think everyone should watch that. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm. I I'll probably like. I like the one thing I like is watching certain things in the home because I can take a break and split it up into like three yes. one-hour segments. Exactly. Justice but League Snyder like, Cut. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I do think it is important for them to break it up like that too. But there's yeah. a there's a thing said here. He says um, Michael B. Jordan wanted the visual language to swing big and as hard as a director, and he brought an anime and a poetic take, The Void, which is round three during the final fight, which was super cool. The only other movie where I've seen anything like that would be Raging Bull, where it is a very expressive take on boxing. Because I remember seeing Raging Bull, and then later I saw Creed three, and I was like, oh. I was like, this is the only time, other time I've seen this shit done. Oh, what? Oh, wow. Scorsese okay. is pretty cool. Interesting. Um, okay, so so I guess you go next. Choose, All right, choose well, um, do you want to do, like, maybe talk about a, a TV show? Yes. Um, um, uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. I got to cut. The one that I always bring up is Mr. Robot. Oh, Okay. Why? Why is that? Okay. No, no, no. I was like, I was like, okay, go ahead. Like, all right. Uh, Mr. Robot is a take on a lot of different movies. It's very inspired by American Psycho and Fight Club, Ooh. and it it definitely wears uh a lot of influences on its shoulder in episodes or in whole seasons. Um, I guess the less said about it, the better. It can be very surreal. Uh, by the end of the show, it's more about the characters than the actual like story that's happening. Mm -hmm. But I think Mr. Robot's one of the few shows that sticks the landing uh, ends very well is super underrated. It is about a cyber security expert that is also a vigilante hacker whose job is to take down the company that is, that uh, his father worked for that was responsible for him getting cancer from some carcinogens and he basically wants to destroy the whole international banking system by teaming up with China and redistributing wealth. But this other hacker in China known as White Rose is more interested in time and other things that I'm really sometimes not, not going to talk about. Another thing is I'm certain about, but it is, uh, it's really good. 
It's also a single creative vision where you have a, so David Fincher, I think directed the first episode and produced it. And after that, the main creator of the show started to take over. And by season two, he not only uh, wrote, but also directed every single episode. And so it is a total complete vision of an artist. Hmm. Also, cast is amazing. Also, it's the reason Rami Malek is such a big deal because he is the lead. It is him and Christian Slater. And yeah, if you've if you've never seen Mr. Robot, it is awesome. And there's a guy I don't know him because I don't listen to rap, but uh, the the assassin is played by Joey Badass, and he's great. Joey Badass is so good in that, and he just keeps talking about pop pop reference. Like pop culture reference shit, and the next in the next scene, he's like murdering someone in a prison. Such Damn. a great character. Yeah, check it. Look at his music. He has amazing music too. Like, goaded music. Yeah, no, that's how I found out about him because I was like, who? I was like, who is this uh, actor? I was like, this guy is amazing. And yeah, it's, it's and Joey Badass. Deep, yeah, very deep, conscientious rapper too. You know, so it's not a lot of commercial, you know, pop rap that he's doing too so it he, he's he's really good but i've i have to check that out man because the reviews on this show is exceptional yeah i mean yeah, oh yeah the yeah fuck it is. yeah the, oh, okay. uh, mr robot is uh is one of the best sh- well there's a thing uh that i send to people it's on youtube it's a guy who made it it's called um tv is the new cinema and it was talking about the martin scorsese quote And it was talking about how amazing season four of Mr. Robot is Mm -hmm. Um, because like there's a, there's an episode that is basically a silent film and for a whole hour and I didn't even realize it. They don't talk. Mm -hmm. They're just using like text message and other, other ways to communicate what's happening in the show. And there's a, there's like a Christmas episode. There's a rom-com episode between two like lesbians in an airport that like fucking, it fucking kills me by the end of it because it was so upsetting and then there's uh there's an episode um where it's it's actually staged like on a set like it's a it's a literal play and they're just mm-hmm. in one room for the whole episode and they're just like uh it has a three act structure and actually will be like act one then act two and then this is one where they get the people from Full House to uh to do like the theme song and it has like an eighties intro it's done four by three and then Alf shows up in it and all this stuff. And it's like VHS style. It's the show's amazing. Just go watch it. Okay. I'll have to check that out. (laughs) Damn dude. Damn. Like I said, now my list just (laughs) growing and growing, bro. I appreciate it. I'm I'm very particular. I try to get real. Well, I also have a certain thing that I'm into too. Uh, But I like things that are very dark. If they Mm -hmm. have like something of substance and also if they have something uplifting, that's like moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Go. I'll have another right. show after this. I'll talk about. Okay, cool. Cause one show I do want to talk about, uh, some people know it, some people don't, but, uh, I don't know if you've seen big little lies. Wait, yeah. is that with Nicole Kidman? It's with Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woolley, Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> Laura Dern. And Zoe I, okay. I've not seen all of it, but that's the one where I was like, I'm giving this to my mom. So I bought her like the box set and oh. she was like, I fucking love this show. She's like, this show's so good. Yeah, man. It, it's so good. And I was, I, when I was watching, I'm like, what the hell is my black ass doing watching this show? But I was like, this is a, <laughs> this is a good ass show, man. It's, it's, it's a really cool show because I don't know if I don't necessarily the target audience, but that's what, when you know, a phenomenal show, 
sometimes the target audience is just an audience itself, right? And I think it's super cool to see how these five women, you know, and it's kind of getting entangled up in a murder in their small, you know, very like coastal rich town. Of Reese Witherspoon is a real bitch and everything. Yeah, she plays those roles so well, bro. <laughs> like she plays that bitchy, out of touch, just like very like crass lady super duper well, man. And every it, it, it makes you just hate to love her. You know what I mean? Kind of like is it, Anthony Starr and Homelander uh, in The Boys. You just should, hate to love her. That that's on my list too. But I would say I would say uh, you could call it Killer Karens or something. Yeah. Could be the name <laughs> of the show. Yes, that's 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 honestly. Grayson, that's actually really what it is. It's about some killer Karens, you know, and and then we got like a, a killer, a killer boho chic, you know, with Zoe Kravitz, you know what I'm saying? So she adds an, a whole new cool, like cool, like millennial element to the show. And then Adam Scott from, you know, Parks and Recreation, Step Brothers, Severance on Apple TV now, he's in it, you know, what's it called? Alexander Skarsgård, you know what I'm saying? He, from True Blood, Legend of Tarzan, um, The Northman, just awesome. Atlanta. Life. <laughs> kind of. you know I mean? a little bit one episode but yeah so it's a, one, it's one of the best cameos ever though a really cool cameo actually yes that's that's facts but uh i think it's an awesome show bro but um go ahead into your next one okay um yeah i agree with what you just said i that that, that one i forgot all about that one but mm. that's when i got from my mom and yeah. she was like i love this she she loves that shit yeah it's the best it's, it's like and it's a limited it's like and it's literally only 14 episodes so it's it's gonna go by super quick yeah um one show that really moved me it got canceled no um, but i watched moving shows getting canceled I, I watched it during covid and each episode is usually around 10 minutes on occasion <laughs> to 30 minutes it is adult swim it's one of their live action shows on cartoon network it is called joe para talks with you oh joe para talks with you i i uh kept talking to a friend to recommend he watched Joe Para's uh, fall drive episode and Joe Para talks with you is basically is a comedian who kind of plays this character um, kind of like uh, Andy Kaufman-esque mm-hmm. and he's very much like an old school person in the modern world uh, but the way the show's done is it's kind of like a, a Mr. Rogers episode okay. where but for adults where he's going to cover a subject like, you know, how to buy groceries on a budget or whatever. But then it at some point, it kind of goes off the rails. And it's just this consistent dry humor and an optimistic person. Mm. And they switch that around sometimes, too. And it has really good cinematography. Um, it is it is just genuinely wholesome. Okay. And, and I think that's what's so unnerving when you first watch it is you're just like, am I being fucked with or like what's <laughs> what's happening? Because we don't have that anymore. It's just mm-hmm. constant. We don't have a Bob Ross, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah. And so you you have Joe Para and we did have him for three seasons and they fucking canceled it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but you have that and, and it's still funny. Like there's scenes where he's just like, you know, oh, I, you know, it's. What is it? He's just said, he said, he said, I just wish that uh, jack-o'-lanterns didn't scare me so goddamn much. And he's like, oh, sorry for cussing. You know, it's 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 that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, like it. And it's it's really subtle humor, like mm-hmm. like the the Halloween episode where they flash back in time to the previous Halloween. And he and he's talking to the people and one of the couples 
is dressed as the uh, albino twins with braids from the Matrix Revolution. So then you know what year it is. Okay. And I was like, I was like, that's really funny. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's like little little things they do where like you like his girlfriend. Um, when he starts getting involved with her, you slowly start realizing like, is she like a QAnon or like what? And then she ends up being a doomsday prepper. Like you finally figure it out. Wow. And she, and she kind of doesn't want to be with him Cause she thinks that like, he'll hold her down if the world comes to an end, <laughs> <laughs> like he'll be a liability. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. I'll stop talking about it. It's, it, there's no way to explain it. There's nothing else like it, but great cinematography, Brilliantly written by, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, uh, Connor O'Malley. He's the one who writes a lot of it, him and Joe Para. Okay. And um, I don't know. I would go and watch, I would watch uh, Joe Para's Fall Drive mm-hmm. from the first season. And also the one that a lot of people says after they watch a few episodes really gets them is uh, Joe Para reads the, uh, the church announcements. That's a great episode. Okay. And it, it it that one goes off the rails quick. Oh, Ooh. quick. Oh, where he's he's like about to read the announcements, and he's like, "I haven't slept in three days. Have you ever heard of the band The Who?" And you're like, "What is gonna happen?" <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So I'll definitely check that out. That sounds super cool, honestly. Um, all right. Uh, next, uh, I was gonna go uh, into searching. I don't know if you've seen searching with no i'm gonna change something but i hear you yeah okay yeah john cho from um harold and kumar and uh star trek um and he cowboy uh, bebop yeah so it's a drama mystery thriller and it's basically about a dad tries to find his teenage daughter who's missing and he does it all through um her laptop and the whole movie takes place from his perspective. And it's kind of like a very low-key film. A lot of people are not hip to it, but super cool movie. Um, very well paced. Um, the storytelling's, you know, great. Um, really cool cinematography. John Cho, you know, we've mostly seen him do comedy because he's known for the Harold and Kumar, you know, um, movies, but it's just really cool and really refreshing to see him play a dad, you know, and it's you can't help but have so much empathy for him. And it's a really cool moving. Um, even when the movie seems like it's getting slow, it still is moving and progressing forward. So it's not to the point where it's like, oh, this is dragging. Like, even in those few moments, you're still engaged. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. Um, and the movie seems like it's always moving forward. So I think you should definitely check that out. Whoever listens to this should definitely check it out. It's really good. Um Really good movie. Um, really good movie. You know, there's a lot of abduction movies. You know, we had like Missing, you know, Gone Baby Gone, Casey Affleck, that was good. You know, Kidnap Me with Halle Berry. But this one, The Call, but this one's really, really cool because this is um all through like taking place through like um a, like a MacBook. So just the, the oh, I format. heard about this. Yeah, just the way the format of the um the film is just all right. I'm saving that. Awesome. Yeah, so that's one for me. You go ahead and take it over. Yeah, searching. Uh, I was trying to remember. There's a movie sort of like that. The guy who played Ross and Friends directed and wrote a film a long time ago, but I don't remember what it's called. I can, I'll look it up later. Okay. That um, dealt with like something similar. Right. Um, uh, let me see what I want to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about. I don't know if this. I think this is underrated. 
Uh, but you just mentioned it. We were talking about it earlier. The Boys. Oh, okay. Am I wrong? Is it underrated? I don't think so. I think I've I've started to really like realize this with people. Like people either like they they know it or they don't. It's not even that it's underrated. Like I feel like if you're into like superheroes, antihero comics, whatever, then you're hip to the boys. But I feel like if people who are not, they're not. They're just not hip to it because I don't know. Like there's some people I know they know exactly what I'm talking about. There's some people who are like, what are you talking about? And those same people who are, who are unfamiliar with what I'm saying see Marvel and DC movies. But I feel like it takes a certain person to be tapped into just not just the mainstream with Marvel and DC mm-hmm. and like really enjoy superheroes to like the boys, if that makes sense. But I don't think it's underrated at all. Okay. But I'm just going to throw out the boys, but then I'll actually okay. will talk about a film I think is. Uh... All right. So the boys. I think this is so these movies I'm talking about underrated. They're they're like critically good. I just don't think people really know much about them. Um, Wait, did you want to elaborate on the so, boys or is that it? No, I kind of get what you're saying because okay. it's. I think if you see the boys, you're like, holy shit! But right. I I just talk to a lot of people that just don't know about the show, and I'm like, really? Are they into superheroes? Or like. That sort of like aspect. even people that are, I don't think they are. They've seen it, but I, I don't think you have to be into superheroes to enjoy the boys. No, n- no, not at all. I think it definitely it can't hurt. But yeah, I think it, I think um, yeah. you're right. Okay, I'll I'll just mention this is a movie I always bring up because I don't. I, it's highly rated. It's also uh, the same director and writer. Well, is the uh, the movie you like Annihilation that you're going to bring up? Uh, mm. Sorry for spoiling that no, a little bit. Bro, uh, no, I, I want to hear your piece. Um, Annihilation's cool. Go ahead. Ex, Ex Machina, which was his first directorial debut. Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina, um, which is uh, which is about the Turing tests in AI, and is, has an all-star cast, dude. Are you okay? I'm, I'm trying to think. Is this the movie with Oscar Isaac and the girl from Tomb Raider? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. How you, that's how. That's the. That's how you pronounce the movie. Ex Machina. Bro, I need to go back to school. I've been butchering this. This whole, this whole title of this episode. Ex Machina. Yeah, Brian mispronouncing <laughs> names and freaking titles of films because I've been calling it Ex Machina for so long. It's Mahershala Ali. Yeah. You're just like, Mahershala Green Book. Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. Dude from Moonlight. Yeah. Um, What's it called? Dude from Moonlight. Machina. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Shit, I got to ruminate on that for a second. If I'm quiet, I I just got to ruminate on that. Go ahead. X X Machina is just such a well-made film. I think I watched that movie like two or three times. And Mm -hmm. the uh, what, what always stands out is that uh, everyone, all the acting is good. Everyone's great. Alicia Vikander is also beautiful. Um, and also a great actress and everything, but that helps too. Like, man. Good actress, good actress. Not, yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know. Everyone gets so ashamed if it's like someone's very pretty, but like she's one of the few people, like, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty women, but there's some that just like, you're just like, God, she's she really is just gorgeous. Just naturally, a uh, beautiful face and everything. Um, Oscar Isaac's also beautiful too. <laughs> to be honest with you, that is a beautiful man. That's the thing about that movie is like you. It's like 
it's like two beautiful people and then like uh was it donald gleason just his nerdy ass in there yeah. and so you believe but i mean you need that because yeah. like he just feels like such a piece of shit because like oscar isaac's just this this bad ass rich billionaire who's a genius and then there's this like hot cyborg that's using sexuality to exploit you so you you yeah. understand it because the guy doesn't feel like he can stand up to oscar to nathan but at the same time ava's into him and he's very conflicted mm-hmm. and um and i think that's what works um you know i need a drink of water i'm just real thirsty right now i guess yeah um more ways than one but um <laughs> talking about how beautiful but, people are bro yeah yeah, I mean they are, but yeah. uh, that movie <laughs> yeah. is is uh, incredible. That dance sequence that comes out of nowhere that breaks the tension is my favorite scene in a film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's Saturday night. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so so, uh, but what's so amazing about that film is um, is like uh, Alicia Vikander. Um, she does a lot of stuff in that film that is. Uh, that is very nonverbal, mm. a lot of nonverbal acting. Uh, that's really neat. And there's actually um, someone who did a, a thing about cinematography talking about like how the camera angles are changed uh, during different scenes. So you can tell when she's lying or not. Mm. And there is a scene where he talks about like, I think he lost his parents or something. Mm. And for a moment, she's actually just, she actually actually does feel bad for him. She's not lying in that sequence. Hmm. So I um, still can't believe I was mispronouncing the title of this movie for so long, bro. So I'm just, yeah, great, great film. I just wish I knew. I just yeah. was pronouncing it correctly. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get canceled for saying someone's beautiful because that's yeah. everyone gets mad. They're gonna yeah. be like, "You said she's pretty." Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> she she is. I mean, it, every every the whole movie is stunning. You know. All of it is but, super duper true. It is the movie was out of pocket, but it was it was really cool. It was a really cool movie. Um, yeah, I, I was refreshing. I, I enjoyed well, the movie. Well, Thank my you. favorite thing about it is talking about like, hey, if you actually do want to confuse someone in a Turing test, if you added sexuality to it, that would confuse someone. Yeah, because like you see people who get in relationships that they shouldn't have been in, and mm-hmm. it's because they weren't looking at the person. Mm-hmm. They were they were into they were looking at something else yeah. not what was actually there. And, uh, and that's such a great thing. Um, because yeah, cause I literally just said that where I'm talking about as beautiful as she is. And, you know, even though like you're talking about this AI and you don't know, does this thing really like me or is it just exploiting me to find a way to like get out of here? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. And I think the crazy part is like you said, with the whole AI, now the movie can probably you can probably add a lot more like depth and context in the movie more than now with AI you know taking over you know what I'm saying but um yeah I think back in when when did this movie come out like 2015 like around that time yeah like but see I I've been a a huge fan of his writing mm-hmm. so I guess I guess like Annihilation or whatever um which I, is on your list and I guess we'll start talking about that. Um, if you don't mind, is that okay? Yeah, I don't. Mind, um, I, I I wish I would have removed it because I don't even know. Because I just put it on my list a minute ago, but I definitely have a lot more opinions about Annihilation now. So well, I know it was a part of a 
three series of books. So the I don't think, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who actually did Ex Machina, who directed it and everything, uh, Alex Garland, who also did Annihilation, I don't think he actually um, wrote it. I think maybe he did the screenplay. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, <clears throat> but but I thought, uh, I think that movie's really good. And I do think it's underrated because I don't know a lot of people have seen it. Yeah, I think I think Annihilation is cool. I just feel like maybe it could have been better. And I, I kind of want to move it a little bit. I don't want to say overrated because, yeah, like you said, a lot of people still don't know it. But for me, rewatching it, I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I like this movie as much as I am older as I was when I was younger. I don't know if you had that with the movie before. So. Oh, I thought it was a great film. Mm-hmm. And also, if you want to talk about, we're talking about girl power in movies. Talk about an amazing film that is an all-female cast. Yeah. All females that are scientists and, and smart. You have Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez. Just like, they're they're great. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac's also in it. <laughs> but um, but it's it's one of those films where it's really well done and uh, all the characters are really fleshed out and there's no real romance. There's just these women who each specialize in something going into this alien environment, trying to find out what happens. And for some reason, um, it really didn't take off. I don't think it really did well at the box office either. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like yeah. Box office, it made 43 million. Hmm for for that movie and then you also um have the fact that like i think it was supposed to be a plan of a trilogy because the books were because it ends with like a cliffhanger so never got fully yeah that pissed me off yeah and i mean that's what sucks because i think that movie's good also the thing that always stands with me in that movie is the fucking scene with the bear yeah that thing scared the shit out of me. <laughs> that's that stuff's that that whole movie is uh, is wild. I think it's uh, brilliant. But um, so yeah, you're kind of not for it now. I mean, like I you, think you I were going to say all this stuff about it. And I think you didn't. I think just thinking about it now, like I think I like Annihilation. I think the movie looks cool, like you said. And I really am all about the girl power and the phenomenal casting. You know, each and every one of these women you know, can hold their own and they each have done great things together and, you know, individually outside of the movie. I just think for me, sometimes, maybe I was thinking to her, I just didn't think the movie made sense sometimes. Like, I think, like, them getting close to shit that was dying, you know, this, this that fungus and then they were getting close to it and then they were, they went into that whole other world knowing they wouldn't come back alive and then one of them was an outsider in the group and then, you know, Natalie Portman was the outsider in the group. I just feel like there were some moments where I was just like, is this really what happened? Like, if, if this is really what, ha- what happened in, like, real, real time, I don't know if it would be, like, it just seemed like there was some carelessness surrounding the choices they were making. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I do think the movie was cool. I just think maybe it could have been better. Okay. Well, sorry I brought it up then. No, no, bro. You're good. I still think it's a cool movie. I just think now when I watch it, Sometimes I'm a little bit more critical because I'm like, why were they making these choices? Why were they doing that? Like, I don't know, but I still am a fan of it. I still think it's like a cool concept. I think the writing maybe could have been a little bit stronger, 
you know. Okay. Well, give me your next one then. Hmm. Okay. Well, the next one we're gonna go with because I got some um, Donjon with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <sighs> Julian Moore, Scarlett Johansson, Brie Larson, also Captain Marvel, also in Room. You know, cool actress. Brie Larson but, is great. Yeah, written and directed. As much as I, as much as I shit on Captain Marvel, I think Brie Larson is amazing. You know how I got hip to her? I don't know if you ever seen the Disney Channel original movie Right on Track. No. But yeah, so everyone met Brie Larson usually at like Room or Captain Marvel, but I met Brie Larson when she was like maybe this sounds so creepy, but I was also a Disney kid like when she was like a young girl on like this um on Right on Track and it's basically about these two sisters like kind of battle the male dominated sport of um drag racing. And Brie Larson's one of the sisters. It's like an old Disney movie that came out in 2003. So I remember seeing that movie when I was younger. And I'm seeing her like blow up now. And I'm like, yo, go Brie Larson. You came a long way. Also, Courtney also Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What about it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. She sung too. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's such a good movie too. But um Don John. Any opinions on Don John, man? Because I feel like I I never saw it. And I like Joseph Gordon Levitt too. Um Ooh. I know what it's about because because I dealt with some of that myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think every guy should watch that movie, honestly. Maybe yeah, maybe I should have watch watched it sooner in life. Yeah. Um I think yeah. that movie hits a topic that we don't really talk about a lot, you know, it's definitely one of those movies. Well, go ahead. No, I mean, I think you're right. I think, um, yeah, we're, I'm, we're, I'm getting, I'm not scared of being canceled here. So I'm just going to give my opinion, even if I'm wrong on things, Yeah, bro. but, uh, but what happens is, is there's, there's so much you're looking around like, <laughs> it's, like you're about to be shot. Um, no, it, it is a thing where, uh, there's, Everyone has something that's messed up with them. And there's right. so much about people being oppressed or having things. But the whole thing is, it's like that Dave Chappelle thing about um, men. That There was a, a rapist and there he was like, you know, uh, and I know rape's not funny, but the thing about this guy is he only rapes men. And then people were laughing. And then he said, and that shows the point that that's when it's funny. But also the fact that men are less likely to report it. Yeah. Cause they'll hold it in. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of issues that men have, but they don't speak about. Yeah. And when you're talking about Don, uh, Don Juan or Don John, Don John, it's, um, it's definitely going over something that is a crisis mm -hmm. that has been happening for a while. And it's led to a lot of the incel community type stuff. And for it's sure. very ahead of its time and topical. So, uh, go into it more. Do it. I mean, yeah, bro, you, you really bought up, you were preaching a little bit. That's definitely true. And that's, you know, definitely need to talk about that more and just kind of awareness surrounding that. Cause you're right. It is a double standard. Um, and a lot of, you know, we don't hear about it. We don't talk about it and it definitely happens. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's unfortunate I'll, the way things are. I, I'll tell you the craziest thing is, um, who's that, who's that young comedian that everyone likes now? Matt Reif. Yeah. What about him? I don't know how many damn uh, advertisements I've seen of Matt Reif uh, talking about Blue Chew. 
like to use in blue chew uh-huh. because basically porn has messed up men so much that 20 year olds need erectile dysfunction medication. What? Because I get that shit all the time and I'm just <laughs> like, bro, I don't need this. Yeah. Like I'm fine. <laughs> like okay. leave me alone with that shit. And Matt Rife's like, you know, sometimes you need to blah, blah, blah. And He's making jokes about it and you know he's getting paid and shit but I'm just like yeah they're they're catering to a younger audience. Mhm. They do definitely. some wild stuff. They have girls with a uh, no uh no bra on, big breasts with like a shirt on and that's and they make sure to shake as they talk about it and stuff. Aww. It's it it is I'm no it's like Twitter fa- yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Facebook I get the Matt Rife stuff. It is uh so like if anyone's like getting mad it's like on family friendly stuff like Facebook. I get this shit all the time. Oh. Cuz I I unfollowed everything mm-hmm. so I don't get certain so now the algorithm just tries to figure out what I'm going to watch and the problem is, is it probably thinks it's 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 uh making me buy it cuz I'm clicking on the ad but <laughs> I look and see blue chew and I go what does Matt Rife need blue chew for? <laughs> And so I start watching it and then I send it to people going, check this out. And the algorithm is probably thinking, oh, he's spreading it. And so we're viral marketing. And I'm just like, isn't this fucked up? Oh, man. Well, I was not hip to that. Honestly, I'm not really <laughs> into uh, I have not really um, checked out like Matt Rife, like individual stand up. I did catch him a couple times on Wild and Out. He did used to be on Wild and Out. I don't know if he still is. But at that time, mm-hmm. and I thought he was kind of I thought he was funny on there. But um, yeah, he is funny. Um, blown up a little bit and you know he does have like a a lot of younger people right now i know who are like fans of his some people are not you know comedy comedy is different for everybody everybody finds different things funny and some people you know find certain community that's the thing about comedy like it really just depends and it is subjective you know what i'm saying but getting back to it with don john it's basically about um read the plot a new jersey guy dedicated to his family friends and church develop unrealistic expectations from watching porn and works to find happiness and intimacy with his true potential love. So I remember seeing the ad for this movie, this trailer, when I was younger, and I was like, the movie looks dumb. But when I watched it one night, I was just like, oh, this is a cool movie. It's only 90 minutes. Um, You know, definitely could tell, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt, from what we know, is very, like, very, like, silly, funny guy, but also a really great actor who's been acting for a long time. And I just think the movie's super cool. I think every guy should just watch it, because... um, it just shows you kind of like the negative effects and unrealistic, like you were mentioning, um, the unrealistic, unrealistic goals and kind of like expectations we have with just watching so much porn that like sometimes like we live in our imagination and like, you know, it's, it's not real life. So I think it's really cool. Um, it's an interesting um, perspective and dynamic and polar- polarity on uh, relationships. We it's it's. You don't really see it. a lot of movies. They show these same like cookie cutter kind of relationship storylines. Right. But this one, you know, between him and uh, Scarlett Johansson, you kind of just watch it unfold. And with the topic of porn, how it affects their relationship. And I think it's cool because movies kind of dramatic, but it's also comedy and the romance is different because you have this element. Right. Um, and then just the confidence when you watch the movie like Scarlett Johansson and um Joseph Gordon-Levitt, they both like exude so much confidence. Their characters have so much confidence, and it translates off the screen as well. So I think it's a cool movie. It's short. Definitely check it out. I'm gonna have you take it. Might, the next one, my guy. I might, I might finally watch it. But yeah, for the one listener that's listening, basically, when you when you have uh, someone who looks like Scarlett Johansson as a girlfriend, and porn is ruining your ability to have sex, uh, 
you have problems. <laughs> you have problems, my friend. Oh. You have bad problems. Hey, yeah. Uh, Let's talk to Romanov. <laughs> we love, yeah, the goat right there. <laughs> okay. But uh, I'm going to talk about a little girl movie because I'm a big softy. Okay. Uh, there's a maybe we should do this with animation, but uh, I finally watched this. It is a it's it's a Studio Ghibli film that wasn't directed by Miyazaki. It was directed by someone who um, died not long after making the film. I guess um, it's called Whispers of the Heart. And I finally sat down and watched it because I've seen uh, like memes from it before. Mm -hmm. I think like lo-fi girl comes from that because of her working. But it is, uh, I think it was based on a manga where one of the females uh, like authors wrote it. I used to watch Sailor Moon shit as a kid. Like I got a Sailor Moon shirt. I don't, I, I, I like anything. I just don't care. Like as long as I like connect with it. Right. And that's why I love is, is uh, I connected with this character where this character kind of feels like all they do is go from one day to the next and they don't feel like they have a purpose in their life and they decide to give up school and other stuff to to push to become a writer and mm-hmm. and about how the, much hard work it does to perfect your art. And there's a lot of good quotes in it. It deals with a lot of depression and finding your place in the world. And I think anyone can... Uh, you know, get connected to it. I remember seeing the trailer and it's like showing people flying and she's talking to a talking cat and stuff. That's like 10 minutes, two minutes of the movie. It's like a dream sequence. Like mm-hmm. everything is grounded in reality, like oh, wow. big time. Um, I, I think it was one of the best um, movie. It It's not a perfect film, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you never hear it. Like you always hear someone's talk about my, my neighbor Totoro or, mm-hmm. or uh, what's that movie called? Um, there one talks about uh spirited away yeah but whispers of the heart like fucking just wrecked me like it's it does not like has a sad ending but like throughout the film i was like oh my god it's like this is preaching to my soul oh. so it's just a powerful movie i think everyone should see it i actually i actually see if i have the uh the quote from it because there's a a lot of things i've yeah, actually uh i don't talk too much on like social media or Facebook, mm-hmm. but I basically show I'm a big weeaboo by sometimes, uh, mentioning certain things. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll shut up about that. No, There's, cool. I don't really want, want to spoil it, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I love a movie, even if it's not perfect, if it makes mm-hmm. me feel something. Okay. And I never forget that film. Mm. And those are the best movies, right? When you literally feel something. Yeah, it it is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna type something in here, uh, so you go to the next one. Okay. Well, it's hard to segue from that. Okay. Well, I'll go into this movie then. You know, because we're on the kind of talking about like, you know, like feelings and movies that made you feel something. Because the the ones I wasn't gonna mention before you said that, it would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? So I'm gonna go into Gridiron Gang. You know, old classic sports biography movie. Um, The Rock exhibit uh man you know it's all of exhibits in it um (laughs) but it's it's a movie where you know if you like a lot a lot of people who watch sports films and i'll talk to them about this they've never really heard of it so whether you're a sports fan or not this is a really cool movie because um it's a powerful film um it's 
based on a true story and it takes a real look at our um juvenile justice system you know what i mean and you definitely feel the movie right within the first 10 minutes you're like what is happening and it's basically about these teenagers at a juvenile um detention center you know under leadership of their counselor gain self-esteem by playing um football together so it's really good it's really touching you don't necessarily have to experience it yourself or be able to relate to that situation to have empath empathy and sensitivity to um the situation and the premise of the film um it's a feel-good film you feel like you know it makes you feel good um it's not like the typical rock films we've seen you know when it, with sports with like the game plan and you know ballers where there's some comedic moments this movie's overall you know very serious very dramatic um it's not like the tooth fairy you know it's not like a lot of like very like comedic you know the rock movies you know central intelligence where you just have to sit there and watch you know the rock be the rock you know and turn your brain off but this is a really cool movie and i think it's a biography that's worth being told so i definitely think one if one has not already seen gridiron gang definitely check it out came out in around 2006 or 2007 and um it's really cool Bro, I can't hear you. Bro, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, no, uh, what ended up happening is I kind of decided to just go and um, I listened to most of what you said, but then I kind of muted you for a minute in my head because <laughs> I didn't want to hear the rest because immediately I was like, I have to watch this. I don't want to know anything else. Oh, really? Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it sounded... It good. This the thing is all these things for that are made for kids and adults have these same themes that sometimes mm -hmm. you have to be reminded about that help mm -hmm. you no matter where you are in life. Yeah. And there's a reality show I, I watched at one point on Netflix. I actually enjoyed because I didn't know about it. Have you ever seen a uh, coach Snoop? No. Okay. Coach Snoop. Yeah. So it's a docu-series. I don't know if you know this, but, um, Snoop Dogg started a youth football league with the intention of uh, helping keeping at-risk kids off the street and focus on achieving their goals. Oh. And so he actually does this. And so they made a documentary series about it and he has coaches and everything. And uh, he coaches a team in the league and helping to mentor them and uh, has them play against other schools and everything. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, I actually, really liked it. And it made me kind of look at Snoop Dogg differently because he's really, he, cause he loves sports and shit, man. Mm -hmm. Like he's big into it, but yeah, he, he decided to uh, give these kids that don't have opportunities, a chance to play on his uh, league team and, and they play against other schools and he tries to mentor them and everything. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, damn. Nice. It kind of, that's cool. It kind of, kind of almost sounds like last, last chance you in a way, you know, um, no, if you're hip to that. Yeah, but when you're talking about the rock thing, all of a sudden I just thought like, yeah. and I was like, oh, I, I will love this then. Yeah. Because I think probably, stuff like that's so neat. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, the rock film. I mean, Walking Tall was pretty cool. I liked Walking Tall. A lot of his like earlier stuff, Snitch was good, you know, but um, that's probably one of my favorites. My Definitely my top three of the rock films for sure. But um, okay. Yeah. I do want to talk about one movie where... 
You Do just it. plug your brain. You just unplug your brain. You completely detach, and you just watch that movie and take it for what it is. And it's called Polar. Have you heard of Polar? No. It's with Mads, um, Mads Mikkelsen from the Hannibal series. Oh, I know. And Doctor. I know who Mads Mikkelsen is. Yeah, and then Vanessa Hudgens. You know, I think we all know Vanessa Hudgens. Um, and this movie, man, it's like an hour. The movie, you know, the movie has literally like um. Five stars out of ten, but it is one of those movies, bro, where you are just if you like I said, it's like six underground. You know, if you just want an action film where you gotta unplug your brain, you don't have nothing much going on that night, and you really don't want to have to think critically deeply, and you just want a classic assassin films, watch Polar on Netflix. It's basically about um a retiring assassin suddenly finds himself on the receiving end of a hit contracted by none other than his own employer seeking cash in on the pensions of aging employees so within this whole duration this whole um two-hour movie he's just you know just just taking bodies taking kicking ass taking names it's just your plain simple assassin action movie um you want a movie where you can just turn your brain off and watch people get mercilessly slaughtered uh, one by one, it's very over the top. The killings are very gruesome. They're very sadistic. It's a lot of gore in the film, but it is entertaining. And I think it's one of those movies that's just cool. You know what I mean? If you're not not got a lot going on that night, you know you got some people over. If you just want a movie where you're just chilling, man, and you just want a classic assassin film, put Polar on. Um, I definitely recommend it. It is a lot. It's very over the top. Don't think too deeply in the movie and just take it for what it is and just enjoy that two hour ride that it is. So I yeah, I, I this is my favorite thing about certain sites is looking at the ratings and you see Rotten Tomatoes listed eighteen percent, but on Google it's like four point three, yeah. and on audience score, audience score it's like seventy yeah. percent. Like it's like critics are like fuck this, and the general yeah. public is like this movie's amazing. Yeah, um, that's how they did so the Power I of the Dog, man. Because people were saying the Power of the Dog, like people I knew who watched it, they were like. I didn't like that movie at all. Like they were like, it was, it was like, they were like, I didn't really like that movie at all. But then, you know, the critic scores were like amazing. You know what I mean? It was an Oscar winner for, you know, best achievement in directing. So like I said, you really have to just really consider the source and just your perspective when watching these films. Yeah, no, that's a, that is. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about art. It's all like your perspective on it and it's not up. Like the best thing you can do is just try your best to make something good, and it's up to the public to like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, dude. Also, really want to mention because I know we literally talked about this a while. I was talking to um this one girl, and she didn't like Barbie either, man. This is about the fourth girl, you know, who you know I'm close with who did not like Barbie. So it's just like you say, it's it's interesting. I say that to say when you talk to people and you think they're gonna like something or appreciate something. And it's like, you can't close people and box people in because she's like, nah, I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like the musical number. It took me for surprise. So like I said, it's interesting, man, because I'm thinking, oh, women, girls are going to love this movie. And then most girls I'm talking to are like, it was just okay. More of the guys I know love Barbie more than the girls. Isn't that funny? So, but yeah, moving on. Yeah, no, but (laughs) yeah, this there's some there's some good shit in Barbie, especially like I love the Ken stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because I, I watched some Ken. more. Yeah, I, I I watched that. I'm just Ken stuff again. Mm-hmm. And that scene at the end where he has a breakdown and he's yeah. like, and I'm wearing this stupid coat. 
mm-hmm. they're just and uh, I forget his name. He was in Shang Chi, but he's the other Ken. Oh. And he's like, no, it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Um, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. That dude's name is yeah. uh, uh, Simu Lu. Simu Lu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit. That that one line where he's like, "No, you look so cool. You look so yeah, cool." Yeah, like, like I was, I was howling yeah. in the theater <laughs> watching that shit. Oh. and it's just like, like, uh, yeah, because I was telling a friend, and he doesn't really want to see it because of the, because it's like, oh, it's Barbie, and I'm just like, no, nah. I'm like, this, I'm like that shit, like had me roll. Also, the whole Midge thing, that thing's still funny as shit to me. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because the that the disgust for a pregnant doll. Oh yeah. Okay. Let me think. Um, should I mention more anime? Yeah. I did whispers of the heart. Fuck mm-hmm. it. I'm going to send you something from that. I think too, because I haven't used a uh, chat on here. So I'm going to try it and see if it works. Can I yeah. send only messages? I'll send it to you on Facebook at some point. Right. Fuck it. Good. Um, so I'm going down a rabbit hole. We need to do animation at some we point. Do, we do. But there's but there's a there's a there's a point in Whispers of the Heart in the beginning where she just goes, It must be great to know what you want to do. I've got no idea at all. I just go from one day to the next. And it's just constant quotes like that through the whole movie that I'm just like, damn you people. Uh-huh. Um uh, it's a movie I don't hear a lot of people talk about. I, I decided to do a study of film, uh, cause I like doing study of themes and films and I took, uh, different classes. Like we're going to talk about avatar and I'll share with you my paper on avatar. I did at one point avatar, the last airbender. Okay. By the way, we, we need to do a podcast on avatar, the last airbender. For sure. Definitely. Um, well, uh, I was doing movies about like class and race and everything, and mm-hmm. I watched a couple. And uh, one movie that I think is supremely underrated is uh, Selma. Okay, elaborate on Have that. Have you ever seen that? You definitely seen Selma. You've seen Selma, correct? Yeah, I think because I think that movie, I think the acting is amazing in it. Um, I you don't hear people talk about it. That's the thing. But why do you think they do not want to talk about it? It's ha- it's heavy stuff, you know what I'm saying? It is some heavy material. I, I don't I don't know, but like okay, so like just just let's talk about the cl- the cast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you have also cuz I didn't know this was him at the time, but Lakeith Stanfield, he he gets killed in the diner. He gets mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. But you have like Wendell Pierce. I forget who it is who plays um fucking um there's that one little cameo where Malcolm X shows up mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but like the cast is stacked. You got Oprah Winfrey, you got Tim Roth, you got common Tom Wilkinson, Tessa Thompson, like, like everything about this movie is Stephen root. Holy shit. Stephen roots in it. Um, and, yeah. And Carmen Ijogo, who is, um, who is the wife of, uh, Jeffrey Wright, um, Jeffrey Wright. And who was in, Lieutenant James Gordon in the Batman. He's in Westworld. Um, he was Beatty in the Hunger Games. You know the, the black guy, light skin, glasses. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but I remember that movie stuck with me. And one of the things I also liked about it is um, how 
how I felt it was actually pretty accurate because they even covered the fact that that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, did have affairs and his mm-hmm. wife was probably knew, was knew about it. Not it, perfect. Yeah. I really like that. It wasn't like we're gonna hold this person up. It's like, hey, it's it's a normal dude who's flawed, who sees uh, that something is unjust, who's intelligent, and is trying to get this done, and also having issues with like other groups and the Black Panthers and other sects that don't agree with how he's doing shit, and might call him an Uncle Tom and shit like that, and. Uh, um, and that's the thing that was always funny about Malcolm X is he, I, Malcolm X, from what I understand, I actually really um, respected King. He just didn't like, he kind of didn't at the time, I think later he changed his mind, didn't agree about the way he was going about it. Um, and I, lo- I love that scene where he shows up and he's like, you need to release him or like, I'll march down here. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like we'd rather have peaceful protest. Sorry, Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um no, that's just. I think it's just a really well-made movie. It's well written. The acting's phenomenal. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, it it covers something accurately, and no one talks about it. And every time, I'm just like, Selma's like one of the best films I saw that year. Yeah, Selma was good. Um, Selma was good. Selma was a, a, a lot of where it received a lot of attention, of course, as it should and as it would, right? And then also. It was they had a lot of promo for that film, but it was a really good movie. Yeah, it was really also good. yeah. This is the what is it? Ava uh, Duvernay. Yeah, Duvernay. yeah. She she directed it and everything, and is and is great in it. Um, I don't know. It also made me think about if being an actor is imagine being that policeman, or where it's like, all right, you're gonna beat and spit on Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, you're like, oh no, right. <laughs> like like that'd be so hard. To right. Do. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? Or you think I'm crazy for thinking it's underrated? No, I, I mean, like, I don't think, like I said, it, it's all comes down to each person, right? Because I don't think it's underrated yeah. because I remember hearing so much about it, like on TV, the promotion, the interviews they were doing. So there was a lot of promo and a lot of headlines geared towards Selma. So I do I, I'll it, just put it. If I asked anyone in my family if they saw that movie, they would be like, no. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. I'm like. Yeah, because the, they're they're probably like, no, I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Have but, they seen Twelve um, Years a Slave? Probably, and I have not seen that. Oh, actually, um, which by the way, uh, was it Chuel Ichafore? I think that's how you say his name. Um, you know, I'm bad. With he's a phenomenal. Season. He he's a phenomenal actor. Great actor. Uh, he was in Serenity, uh, Children of Men, also a lead in a great movie about martial arts called Red Belt that is slept mm-hmm. on. Holy shit, a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't seen Twelve Years a Slave. Sadly, so, uh, is it is it really good? It is sad, but it's good. Okay, fuck it, I'll watch it. I'll watch mm-hmm. it. But yeah, that's the difference. Is I think they probably had seen Twelve Years a Slave, but not Selma. I have not mm-hmm. seen Twelve Years a Slave. I've seen Selma. So. Selma's are probably a little bit more palatable than Twelve Years a Slave too. You know what I'm saying? Like Selma's probably gonna, you're gonna feel, you're gonna feel a lot better with Selma. You know, versus Twelve Years a Slave is kind of like, shit. Nah, there's no yeah. happy ending with the. This is what it is. I mean, it is a happy ending, but just the breakdown. It's two different things. It's civil rights and it's slavery. You know what I'm saying? So one is gonna be a lot more like tugging at the heartstrings and really gonna make you just not want to watch it. And that sometimes that's what you have to do with those movies, man. You bro, Sel- Selma's to hard to watch sometimes. It is. I mean it. it- is. It is. Yeah. None of those movies are easy watches. You know what I'm saying? None of those movies at any time in yeah. any place are necessarily easy for any viewer watching it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of trauma 
involved in a lot of things that are still being fought and injustice to this day. So it's not easy, but some are a little bit more, like I said, like palatable in the way that it's it's broken down and explained. You know what I'm saying? And 12 Years of Slave is one of those movies where with slavery where it is just a very hard watch, but it's a movie yeah. that was... Because you're making it sound like I'm watching it and, and at the end it's like, and later Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I was like, oh, good, happy ending. No, no, you no, know. but I'm saying that when you watch... <laughs> I'm, fucking, I'm messing with you, I'm yeah. messing with you, I'm messing with you. Yeah, but like Martin Luther King, his story, like it's it's a lot of story. Yeah, he has such an impact. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? So people are going to check that out. But I did want to talk about quickly, have you heard of the Belco experiment? yes and i never saw it even though it is james gunn yeah Yeah. so sorry no you're good the belco experiment is cool because um it's still with the plot we haven't seen before i mean you know you know the plot right are you familiar with the plot yeah yeah they're in like a workplace and it basically turns into the damn purge literally that's literally thank you grayson for explaining it i think that's literally a great way to explain it it has tony goldwyn (laughs) From Ghost, The Last Samurai, The Mechanic, and, you know, of course, Scandal, President Fitz. Um, very bloody, very gritty. Um, each, each character is faced with a choice. Um, you can't help, help but wonder what choice you would make. Is it a good choice, a bad choice? They shouldn't have done that. They should have done that. Um, and it's cool to see what happens with human behavior and, you know, tribal instincts and see people split and run. And if it's I run... We're all running, you know, everyone's like scared. I'm scared. You're scared. So it's just cool to see that kind of group behavior and thinking when it comes to, um, you know, when your back is against the wall. So definitely check it out. Not the best movie ever. The execution's not like amazing, phenomenal, but it is a pretty cool concept to see what humans would do if, you know, they're facing okay. a dire situation. We're, we're, we're still going to finish this, right? Because we're almost done. Yeah, we're we can done. do this, right? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep going because oh well are you done with uh, actually all the the ones you picked do you have any more well one I did have two more but one I'm gonna save for Halloween. let me let me let me continue then yeah one so I'm we'll, gonna save for we'll Halloween knock this so out yeah all right so we're talking about uh James Gunn and shows did you watch Peacemaker I did do you know any else one else that saw Peacemaker no I mean I know. No, I don't. I mean, I know I watched it. I remember at the time when it was like really big, people were watching it. But okay, maybe it. it isn't underrated. Then I feel like it was because I it don't is know underrated. anyone that saw it. It is underrated. Yeah. So Peacemaker from James Gunn, also best intro of the fucking year. <laughs> um, that's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I end up finding out I like musicals if they're done right. I do like music and songs and stuff. I'm actually kind of excited for that. Um, uh, slavery musical that the South Park guys are going to make that um, Kendrick Lamar is producing and writing. Yeah, it's like it's like if you if you're going to do something interesting, um, I'll watch it. Like I like Sweeney Todd. I like any like it's it's a contradictory of this darkness and this music, right? Too, and and that's very attractive to me. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Peacemaker is. M- for a while, Daredevil, I think, was the best superhero show. And I think um, The Boys kind of kills it. But The Boys is also kind of a, uh, Anti-hero. a satire yeah. of it. But for true, just a, like, I feel like DC hasn't had a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And to see this show come out in DC, 
and it's about Peacemaker, who I really couldn't care about. Yeah. And I loved it, and it made me care about him as a character, and also I realized that John Cena is a really good actor. So, um, yeah. just Maybe James Gunn just sh- shouting that out. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I got a couple more, so I'm just going to knock them out before I hand Go it over to you, it. if that's all right. Um, I think uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable is super underrated and is a great take on superheroes. And I remember, I remember also seeing uh, Quentin Tarantino saying it basically they should have marketed it as what a Superman didn't know is Superman. Mm-hmm. And I do not like the other shit they did with it. I kind of saw what happens at the end of the trilogy. Um, also, whenever I think of that movie, Bruce Willis is amazing in it, but also um, Sam Jackson not having to steal a scene because they just get him to yell and stuff. But subtle Sam Jackson just shows you what range he has as an actor. And he is seriously one of the best actors ever. Definitely. Sam Jackson is one of the great greatest actors. Actor. But see, that's the thing is people get it to the point of like, ah, oh, it's because he can yell and like steal the scene. He, he doesn't yell at all in Unbreakable. That last monologue about I know who I am. Yeah. That shit is some of the most powerful thing I ever said, and it's just Sam Jackson just pouring his heart and soul out, and uh, and that's when I was like, oh my god! I was like, Sam Jackson can kind of do anything. Mm-hmm. Also, Django Unchained, like like, and Snakes on a Plane, and Hateful Eight. You know what I'm saying? He's also great. Sam as Jackson can do any role. Well, there's also that movie that's underrated, The Long Kiss Goodnight, mm-hmm. um, and basically it turns from him being the hero saving the damsel in distress to when she finally re- uh, gets her memory back and realizes she's a fucking assassin. Yeah. Then he is out of his league and he's the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. So, and he was so like Sam Jackson, too. he was going to shop. And of course, Mace Windu as well. <laughs> yeah. So Sam, Samuel Jackson's great. So, so we're going to go into, into that because okay. I listed stars episode three. Okay. Cause as much as the prequels get shit, I think Star Wars Episode Three, especially when you're talking about the politics behind it and how dark it is, stands up way better today than it ever did. Mm-hmm. It is always about the same thing, which is people in government trying to get absolute supreme power. Um, they murder children. They also, sh- the, like Bail Organa, shows up and they and the stormtroopers shoot up a damn Jedi kid. Like that is a dark movie. Um, about, about like, yeah, uh, people, uh, giving up their power because of uh, wanting security and being scared yes. to, um, t- turn it into an empire. I mean, it's all this stuff that is just like kind of very much more topical today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same thing he repeats again and again in history. Yeah. Um, favorite star Wars movie uh, too for me personally as well. Mine is Empire Strikes Back. Oh shit, I forgot about um, that one. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that one's good too. But but no, no, I mean if you want to say that, yeah, like Star Wars Episode 3 um is looking back at it. I mean, at the time it was like, yeah, this is the best of the prequel trilogy, but looking back at it, the the thing about George Lucas is I think with green screens and sets, he didn't know how to direct actors mm-hmm. as much. Um but as a idea guy and what he was trying to say, I get it. And I think he's, um, I don't think it came out exactly how he wanted it to, 
but I can see what he's trying to say and I respect it. And I think it's super underrated. I think it's really good. There's much more substance to that film. Yeah, um, I agree. All right. Well, you go then. Um, I think, okay. So gonna go ahead and probably finish it off here with sharper. You know, if you're familiar with sharper, it's on Apple TV. Watch that a mm-hmm. couple months ago. Really cool. Anything with Julianne Moore, honestly, I love Julianne Moore. I think she's a brilliant actress, and I think she's very pretty woman, very pretty lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, she's uh, she's awesome. What's it called? She's a great actress. But it's basically Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, who's also Bucky Barnes, and um, what's it called? Bucky Barnes. Oh, I know him. Yeah, Captain America. Captain America. And then Justice Smith, who was in Jurassic World, Dungeons and Dragons, Paper Town. So. It's kind of a cool guy, but it's basically like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Grifters with John Cusack and Angelica Huston. Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, thank you, bro. <laughs> you need to just go back to this episode and like basically like make us. We're not editing anything. Name mispronunciation, I do. Take a shot every time he, Brian messes up. <laughs> yeah, literally. But um, it's basically um about con artists, you know what I'm saying? And those movies can either be very, very corny and they're hard to do well, but Sharper does a really good job at it, honestly. And um, that's basically what it is. It's basically our motivations are suspect and expectations are turned chaos as a con artist takes on Manhattan billionaires. And that's really all it, there is to it, bro. It's like an hour and 43 minutes. It's on Apple TV. Um, mm-hmm. It's similar to The Grifters. It's fun. It's good acting. It's well paced. It's not too long at all. The good sound mixing and the soundtrack is really cool. I love an opening like sequence of a movie, not to spoil it, but like I love an opening sequence where, you know, you just got like some really cool music in the background as the story's kind of unfolding. And I, I think that's super duper cool. Um, as you constantly get new information as the movie progresses, you think you've uncovered it and you figured out who's the mastermind behind it. And then here's another loop or here's another surprise. So I think that's cool. It keeps the audience on its toes. So um, good dialogue, good pacing, like I said, good acting. And I think sharper. It's a good one. So I definitely recommend that. Okay. All right. I have a, I, I'm, I'll look that up. I don't have Apple TV, but I'll look into it. Okay. I'll definitely look it up. I'm just sitting here thinking like my whole issue is some of the stuff I listed. It's like, it's still, I look for high rated stuff, even though it's like, maybe it's underrated. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about it is the way to put it. Um, <clears throat> I was going to list the town. Okay. Ben Affleck. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't, th- I don't think people. I always think about that movie constantly because really? that it's is a great movie. That is a badass film, it and is. that's that is that movie where you go, oh yeah, Ben Affleck's a great director, and actually, no, he can really act. Okay, Ben Affleck's really good. He is. What was I talking about? Um, so I'll just mention it. I got like the town in Carlito's way. Okay. Um, and Constantine. Ooh, with that's Keanu Reeves. That's a good which one. Is, which is a, a adaptation of a DC comic character. Mm-hmm. And Keanu, um, uh, the girl, uh, what is her name from like The Mummy? She's in there too. Oh. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Um, um, <laughs> you're using your phone on there? What is that lady's name? Oh, Rachel Wise. Ra- Rachel Wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, Peter Stormare, Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf. Yeah. 
there's a lot of a lot of good people in that film. Uh, Constantine is is one that I always think about because everyone talks about Blade. I I don't think Blade is underrated. I think I think Blade is I, a real good film. Blade, Blade, Blade too. But people don't talk about Constantine, and that's kind of like the DC version of Blade. Mm, okay. That that's it for a movie standpoint. I don't yeah. know if it's really DC version of Blade, but right. that that movie's good. Count is good in it. That's a great film. You just scared um, me when I was younger. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I have Barry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at this list. I'm multitasking. Oh, um, I'm just trying to wrap it up. I I wrote down Jordan's Peele's Us because I thought some people kind of didn't like it. Okay. Um, where I didn't like it the first time I saw it. And when I saw it the second time, I was like, actually, I think this might be one of the best things I he's made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just like the, because on the second viewing, you get a totally different perspective of what this film is about. Yes. So I think Jordan Peele's us is that, um, uh, I list Carlito's way. Cause even though I love Scarface, mm-hmm. I think, um, Carlito's way is the inverse. And if you're talking about like, there's a whole thing about like people that aren't a certain ethnic background playing a character. It's like, uh, you have, um, uh, what is his name? Al Pacino. When he played, um, in the movie Scarface, a lot of, uh, like the Cuban and Latin community were very upset about that. Okay. And they thought they were going to, they thought from what I understand, they thought like they were going to be made fun of and all this shit. And then the movie came out and they were like, Oh, never mind, Fuck that. That was amazing. Yeah. And, um, and so when they were trying to actually film, like residents were like not having it. So when they did Carlito's way and he was playing a Cuban again there, and it was the same director, Brian De Palma. They were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come, come. Yeah. Film in this area. Yeah. We love you. Um, oh. So Carlito's way is, uh, is in, it's the sa- same actor, same director, Brian De Palma. Um, it is inverse Scarface. Okay where Scarface is about him uh, doing the wrong things and rising to the top. And Carlito's way is basically like he gets out of prison and he just, and what he's doing is he used to be a hitman and he is, uh, he is trying to do everything right and get out. He's trying to get out of the game and be a good person and change his life. And you already know the ending from the very first scene in the movie. The first scene in the movie shows you how everything ends and then the rest of the film is finding out how it got to that point. Oh, and the whole time okay. you're, I got you. You're you're rooting for him. Uh, have you ever seen Carlito's Way? No, I've heard about it growing up, but I never watched it. Yeah, I think it's underrated. It's a it's a love story. Okay. And it's it's uh instead of like the excess of Scarface, it's about a guy who instead of chasing it, he's just trying to leave and live a normal life and get out of the game, and um. And it's, I don't know, I feel like it's two sides of the same coin. And I think you have to kind of watch both of them to appreciate like what Brian De Palma is kind of trying to say. Like, I feel like it's two sides of uh, different routes the story could take. And and both of them kind of showing that crime never really pays. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I Because I tell you, Montana, you kind of like him because he's kind of, but he's violent and out of control. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's so good. Um, Scarface is coded. And I'm going to list one more thing. Okay. And I'll be done. Alrighty. So I'm not taking up all the time here, but, uh, I always mention this to everyone because I'm a big anime fan. Uh, berserk 
1997 Berserk. Ooh, okay. Uh, Cuz I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Berserk um manga. I collect right. them. And Oh, you told me about you, this. You I remember you telling me about this. All right, well tell our audience. Yeah. Yeah, so so Berserk 1997 um you know, this is before I guess the whole thing is in Japan is uh, if stuff is like really crazy or violent, they have to show it super late at night. Um, they had a decent budget, but it was the same studio. The only studio that would take it up was the studio that did Pokemon. And they've animated Berserk many times. They did a movie trilogy. Warner Brothers did a couple years ago. And then NBC did it animated, but it was terrible. Um, mm. But the 97 one is a good adaptation, which got me into it. And it's not perfect. It has a ton of flaws. It doesn't, it doesn't, not able to conclude everything. But um, the guy who did the manga was a part of it. Okay. And you can tell the people that made it loved it. You can tell, you can tell when something's made with love, even mm-hmm. when they're not able to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Berserk is one of those things that turned me on to, it was that and Old Boy that turned me on to things that were more. Uh, darker, I guess, because I was looking at that and thinking, oh, this is going to be a blood, tits, and violence, and there's no nuance to it. And it's actually about a person finding their place in the world, and it's a lot of philosophy in it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I just always recommend people watch it or at least read the comic, but uh, I think I'll say one or two more things about it. It was uh, influential and my take on things. And it was before Game of Thrones was a show. It's mm-hmm. like, I think I saw it maybe 2004, okay. 2008. I saw it and it just kind of, no, it's 2004. 2004 is when I saw it. Okay. Young me. And it, uh, it got me into really reading manga after I gave up comics. It was that and reading mouse. Ooh. Okay. That, that did it. All right. So, um, and I was thinking about, honestly, I'm thinking about rewatching it in English since it's been forever and deciding if it's still good, oh, if it still okay. stands, stands the test of time. time. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, very much, very much. If you like game of Thrones and like character studies, uh, if you stick with it, I would suggest trying to stick into 10 episodes, which okay. is about three hours. If okay. you don't want to continue by then, give up. But by then, most people, I think you're going to be like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. What's this show about? All right. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice, man. Um, I don't really have too much more. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw in these last two. Nerve with uh, Emma Roberts, Dave Franco from, uh, we all know Emma Roberts, right? And then Dave Franco from 21 Jump Street. Um, yeah neighbors you know that's a good movie it's it's like it's it's one of those movies where it's like a kind of a teen movie it's a teen movie but it's 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 pretty cool it came out in around 2016 uh uh it's entertaining and action adventure comedy it's basically about uh it's basically about a high school senior finds herself immersed in an online game of truth or dare where her every move starts to become manipulated by an anonymous community of watchers. So it came out in 2016. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, pretty cool movie. Don't take it too seriously. Um, It's techie. It's predictable. Um, It's not your, it's not an average film. Um, The visual effects are really cool. 
Um, the editing's cool. It's engaging. And the movie's not boring. So, yeah, you, you, you take the movie with a grain of salt, but it is not a boring movie. Like I keep saying, and I think that's probably one thing I just really want to make sure I'm um, conveying this whole episode. Some movies do not have to be, you know, critically acclaimed to be awesome or fun or engaging, entertaining movies. And that's another example of, you know, this movie. Um, it's, it's a great movie. Check it out. And The Voyeurs yeah. um, with Sidney Sweeney, Justice Smith. Um very cool film. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm gonna let. I heard about that. Check it out. It's a really cool movie. It's kind of like an erotic thriller. It's a lot of clever twists. It's pretty captivating. Pretty short. The end is kind of bonkers. It's a slow burn, a slow progression throughout the film. But the ending, that last like 30 minutes, is really cool. So I would definitely recommend those two movies. And that's it. And that's it. Then yeah, we're 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 gonna do a podcast on anime or animation at some point. I don't know yes. if you watch. Do you watch anime? Some, yeah. Okay, we'll have okay. to talk about it. De- definitely. All right. Well, we're gonna call it. We're gonna call um, it. Um. So I guess I guess this is it. And so, um. Hopefully, someone stayed and listened to it. If not, uh, I'm still gonna just add this to my resume. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Yes, but uh, no, man. Let's try to uh, next talk about Halloween stuff. Right, and we'll get that done soon. Totally. So anyway, um, now you have some everyone of, else um, some underrated movies that Jason, Grayson, and I um, were digging, and hopefully you can <laughs> dig into later whenever you feel. <laughs> You're going full. You don't yeah. have to do the. Di- I'm digging it, bro. I'm digging it. You don't have it, to do you that. You know, it's sometimes it's funny. It's sometimes it's fun to do it. You know, why not try to be creative, even yeah. if it's a little cringy. But uh, why not? You know, it's the end episode. Yeah. You know? I'm about to use the bathroom. I'm about to go get some candy. So, you know, all right. Sure I'm nursing this cold. Well. So that's what I'm not digging. But I am digging this episode, this podcast of underrated movies and TV shows. <laughs> and that's all we need. Yeah. We're out. That's it. We're out. See Peace. Ya.